0: And welcome back to another NextLander podcast Here we are in the final throws of January
1: Alex Navarro, how is January throwing at you? January has been throwing various small tasks around the house at me for the most part But we've been tackling them as they come along Did you get a ladder yet? We did
0: (laughs) Alright, let me ask you about your ladder in a second Brad Shoemaker, how's January throwing for you?
2: wetly wetly wet it is wet
0: you got a wet january out here gross it's wet you don't want that january wet you want to keep january dry it's like that's possible yeah
2: yes i am rebelling against the dry january movement
0: uh yes we're both nice very very good um alex navarro how's your ladder (laughs) it's
1: big oh yeah extension ladder oh ladder big ladder big um this is like a slight ordeal like, we were trying to find an, an, a ladder that, like, yeah. would fit in our shed, uh-huh. but also could go up to the upper reaches of the house if we really need it. Yeah, yeah. And so we finally found one, and, and Home Depot was like, cool, we'll send it to the store. We don't do home delivery for these. Oh, yeah? Okay. They, they deliver a lot of stuff. They apparently... but and Not, the thing not is, an extension ladder? Well, so no, that's the thing. We looked it up. There were other extension ladders that were both longer and shorter that they were willing to home deliver, oh. No idea. Okay. But we're like, okay, we're going to go there and we'll see if it fits in the car. Super did not. We're like, okay, we'll get an Uber XL and then we'll just put that in the back. And then they canceled and they're like, we're not putting that in the back of our Uh, thing.
0: Wait, they canceled from the app or when you got there? From the app. Okay.
1: And so, okay, we're like, what do we do? Can we switch it over to home delivery from the store? And they're like, online orders are handled by online. okay. We can't change those. Uh Uh-huh. So whatever weird arcane rule set made it so they could not home deliver the online version made it so that they could not do it from the store either, which meant I had to rent one of their pickup trucks for $30 to drive it back to our house, which was not that far.
0: Okay, so uh, one of the box trucks.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's like weirdly tall, but it yes. is basically has a a pickup truck <laughs> for bed.
0: a ladder
1: for a ladder. So it was pretty
0: lonely in the back of that thing with that ladder. Did you did you buy anything else? It wasn't
1: you- lonely for that long because I live very <laughs> close to the Home Depot is the
0: thing. It's true. I have been to the Home Depot, which is by you. Yeah. Um, oh, is that Home Depot closed on Sunday? That's the yeah, they a, all are. Okay. Yeah. Um. Good for you, though. Did it fit in your shed? It did fit in the shed. Okay. It's a little tight, but it fits. You have okay. a shed? We have a shed. Man. Yeah, I like your shed. Your shed had carpenter bees uh, at some
1: point. We thought it did, but then we never found any during this summer. Oh. They were around in the spring, but I think they were actually in a stump nearby. I don't think they were actually in the shed.
0: I thought we saw some holes when we looked at it. We did. I think that was a woodpecker.
1: (laughs) Okay. Because I saw a woodpecker show up a few times during the summer, and it was definitely looking for stuff in there.
0: Maybe he was looking for, <laughs> for, uh, for carpenter bees. I don't carpenter know. Bees. I have carpenter bees in my deck. I can show you what a carpenter bee hole looks like. Carpenter bees. I love nature. Carpenter bees suck ass. They're not um, called
1: that because they're good for
0: wood. No, they're not good. They're not the good carpenters. I mean, no. they're good pollinators. That's why we actually leave them. And we're like, you know what? Do your thing. Destroy my deck. It's fine. I guess not a deck. I I shouldn't say deck. I mean, this, literally the handrails on my steps. Right. It's not a deck. Ah uh, but they they chew the hell out of things um, oh yeah that's rough
2: business they're so not, they're not know. they're not they're not the mean bees are they
1: no they're they're big they're big and goofy but, they actually uh, don't sting yeah the males yeah. which are the ones that are out and about for the most part don't sting I think it's just the the females in the nest that do sting if you like reach your hand in there or something
0: but they um, they basically go in and then they dart to the sides and stuff inside the wood. And they kind of just Swiss cheese your wood. And if it's structural, that's a big problem. You yeah. You, well, you don't want that, but I, I like, let's say a handrail would be bad. But, yeah. um, the deck, the, the stuff we have now is not fancy or good or anything like that. So yeah. we let them pop. Pu- Pollinates and do their thing love the bees big fan of bees always yeah. been a friend of bees
1: we didn't want to kill the bees if there was a nest we were going to get rid of it but there wasn't one that we could find so we're just like okay well I mean some bees in the backyard is nothing to really worry about so we let yeah. that go
2: just a wasp of, though yeah. Of, yeah fuck wasps man <laughs> yes agreed. Yeah, Fuck wasps hornets yellow jackets yeah. can all yeah. get fucked yeah.
1: as someone who got stung <laughs> once as a kid by a wasp the size of a child's shoulder <laughs> let me tell you that I shit do. fucking sucks dude I yeah, have yeah, so many good.
2: run-ins with me bees in my youth like holy shit like got a wasp up under my shirt one time and you ah. probably know that they can sting repeatedly oh yeah without, yeah. without killing them without disemboweling themselves so that They're was fun. trained nothing compares to I know the story I've told before though about pushing that the lawnmower, lawnmower. <laughs> over there's some debate recently I always thought it was hornets my dad thinks it was yellow jackets Okay. I, I don't know all the
0: differences. But, like, are they, are they regional in the names or are they actual different? No, they're sizes? absolutely different insects okay. for
2: sure. Like yellow jackets are very obvious cause they've got the yellow stripey thing going on. Yellow? Yes. Yeah. But I, I just can't remember what they were actually. It's been so long, but I think I've talked about it and I'd stung dozens of times. Like I, the side of my head swole was so swollen. Uh, my eye, one of my eyes was closed for like three days, like just big, Soft mound of flesh where my eye was because my face sw- was so swollen. It's country living. Because I got stung so many times.
1: When, that's, when that wasp landed on my shoulder, I didn't know it was there. And I was running around the house with my shirt off when it was like, you know, six years old or something. My mom turned around and saw it on my shoulder and screamed a scream I have never heard her make since. And that was what alerted me to it. And I turned around. It was just like, and then it looked up. Saw me, (laughs) bonk, and then flew away. I, you know, I look people who have
0: allergies to wasps and bee stings. That's a whole different thing. I try to, I've, if I see a nest or something, I steer clear. If I see a wasp, I generally try to be very cool, and because my my kids freak out, like my kids freak out with wasps, and I don't blame them. Nobody wants to get stung. But, but I tried to remain cool and calm and collective.
2: Wasps have a psychological impact on me. I don't know if that's like, like none of none of these shitty bees are like good, but something about like wasps look evil. Something <laughs> about the design of a wasp just looks like malevolent yes. yeah, in no, some nobody, way. Like the weird the way their legs hang down in this weird spindly way.
0: They... Like I feel like anything modeled th- that a human has made modeled after a wasp is an instrument of destruction. If yeah, you built they're a, demons. It, yeah, if you've built some kind of evil character that looks like a wasp, it's probably some destructive thing. If you built a ship that looks like a wasp, it's probably because it's a warship. Like wasps, wasps feel like oh, I was, was Alex Navarro there. Uh, wasps uh-huh. feel very, <laughs> very dangerous.
1: Uh, and warlike. Yeah, it's you know? okay. Don't worry. You're just you're just insulting the white Anglo-Saxon Protestants here. You're <laughs> yeah, not you're not insulting uh,
2: anyone else. Yeah, it's definitely no double meaning here. Does, yeah. Oh, I started to ask if Mega Man has a wasp man, but no, there's Hornet Man. A Hornet Man.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, like Hornets also. Uh, just a big fan of Chicago, uh, Charlotte basketball.
2: Uh,
0: but, uh just, but, just, but Carpenter
2: Bee is very different. Yeah. Just keep some meat tenderizer on hand. Yeah. That was uh,
0: I would I would call somebody in if I ever found a wasp a nest
1: yeah. somewhere. Oh, God, yeah. I I wouldn't touch that shit. I would fucking stay. I would, like, literally erect, like, a barrier around it so that I would not have to go anywhere near it.
2: When I had that that incident, I was, like, 15, and the elderly couple whose yard I was mowing that live next door were from upstate New York, and I just ran in the house (laughs) as soon as it happened. Uh, Unfortunately for them, like, pulling my shirt off the whole way, and there was still a bunch of bees Uh. under there. So they were house, out inside the house. Yeah. Uh, But the but the lady of the house's home remedy was to rub meat tenderizer all over my torso. <laughs> uh,
0: listen, you, you do your own weird
2: shit. <laughs> I don't, don't that's back. how they do
0: it down South, man. <laughs> I I don't do, know. They were,
2: like I said, they were from New York though. You tell me, yeah.
0: I don't know. Uh, I look, that's probably, maybe that's to get the
2: stingers out. I don't know. Maybe? That, I, don't know. I think it's, like, it's supposed to just like help with the venom, I guess, like help sure. alleviate whatever irritations there. From, her name,
0: like Mrs. Robinson. And you uh, know, like the music mm-hmm. start playing. No. As a, Okay. Oh, she was
2: a strong-willed woman, though, I will tell you that. <laughs>
0: she go take on the wasps herself?
2: Pretty much.
1: Mrs. Uh, Waspenson.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like my my family would like go get a broom, right? And be like, all right, like, come on, go go out there, go hit it with the broom. Nowadays, I think I'd be like on the phone immediately, be like, I don't know who you call, the Ghostbusters, the, this ho- ho- house is haunted by wasps.
2: Oh, you got to call that lady on Twitter. I'm sure, Alex, you must have seen this going around, right? Like that- the, the, the bees in the shed lady. She's like oh, some yeah. kind of professional bee rehomer. Oh. She literally goes in the shed that must have like thousands of bees teeming inside of it and literally just goes in there with no protective gear at all and starts scooping the bees up by hand. Okay. You've seen this, right? I have I seen have,
1: this. And I've seen I this technique seen elsewhere.
2: It. Yeah, like I don't know what is there. Are you like bathing yourself in pheromones beforehand or something? I don't know. Hey man, bees.
0: Bees different than wasps. Bees just want to kind of get, protect the nest and, and chill out and be cool. Wasps yeah. just want to kill you. Yeah, Hors- those are just monsters. Hornets and wasps. These some- are helpers. Again, wasps are demons. We have something down here that happens once in a while in the basement, or like mud wasps, or something weird happens. Oh, like, what I was going to
2: ask. Yeah. Do they do they do they look like wasps, but they are not?
0: Yeah, but they're not that-
2: flying ants. But yes. Is that a mud dauber? That's what we call them down south.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, I hope it is cuz I looked up mud wasps and that, that means like there could be a nest somewhere. I could send you a picture. I've taken pictures of them before. Sometimes they get caught in the spider webs down here. Mm. <laughs> I, I see their carcasses. Uh
1: we At got least a whole spiders are eating.
0: We got a whole ecosystem down here yeah. that's just uh you know I got I tip out uh, I tip out the silverfish and the house centipedes once in a while the keep um i whenever there's a house centipede or is silverfish and house centipedes the same thing i assume no. that's a regional thing too are they different no i think they are, are different. different okay i'm gonna call them house centipedes because i'm not exactly sure where the silverfish is and this is a centipede that is in my house um whenever they make their way upstairs and my kids freak the f out i'm like look it's not their fault they're supposed to stay downstairs I like them downstairs because they handle the other bugs. You guys don't have this in your upstairs, your, your fancy first floor and second floor stuff, but we got a whole thing going on down here. Mm-hmm. And if those house centipedes
1: ever go away, I'm in big trouble. You don't know what's going The Listen, devil you know. Richard Attenborough is narrating what's happening down in this <laughs> fucking basement. All hey, right?
2: Look, I can tell you as a former employee of the home safety hotline, Uh huh. it is strongly advised to leave spiders and centipedes alone unless absolutely necessary.
0: How about, uh, how about uh, kobolds and hobbs?
2: Mm, depends never, on what kind of hob you got. Never, never speak directly about a kobold.
0: We are going to get to the home safety hotline in a little bit, along with uh, um, some more Prince of Persia talk, which we'll, we'll, we'll spoiler a little bit, and we'll put tags up and make sure you got that, get into the games. One more thing I wanted to mention, because uh, I'm going to forget, and I just did it. If you've been following Nextlander throughout its trials and tribulations for the last, I don't know, 15 to 45 years, You'll know that it is time on the clock that Caravella had to change the sacrificial anode rod on his water heater uh, every two years. Oh, they recommend. I got a leprechaun, huh? Uh huh. I got a leprechaun. I got a bad leprechaun. It could <sighs> be that water heater or a leprechaun. I don't know. Um, Alex, have you done this yet?
1: Is God what no. I wanted to ask. I haven't me. done it. Dude, I've barely lived here seven months. <laughs> Do you know what this is? No. So apparently there's a, in your water heater, if
0: you Mm. have a tank, you know, some people have tankless, but if you have a tank, there's a metal aluminum, maybe magnesium in rod in there that sacrifices itself. So the water doesn't eat away your water heater tank. Gotcha. And you need need to replace that. Nobody told me this either until I was like, man, my water heater is really clunking around and. I went and I investigated and like, Oh, have you replaced your, your anode rod recently? I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? What is this?
2: So it like some kind of chemical reaction or something. Yeah.
0: So the iron and other stuff in the water, it it kind of attracts it and it, it digests basically this rod. So it doesn't digest the interior or the other parts of your water heater. You There's have to feed
1: your water. You, you have to feed, rod.
0: you have to feed your water heater, magnesium, some fucking alchemical, you know,
1: uh, um, yeah,
2: is what I'm talking. Or about. or an aluminum zinc alloy, apparently. Yeah, well, or either, aluminum either, zinc alloy. Either way. Oh, well, I got those uh, lying around. I put
0: I put a magnesium in there because I don't know something about it's you know it's in your hot water so you know it's not in all, all of your cold water drinking but there's something about like do I really want more aluminum in my water? I don't know if that. That's I mean, how much are you getting? A ton. All all the aluminum. Anyway, can't wait. To, I was gonna make a video of it of like and put it up on the Patreon of like shit you should know if you own a house because like nobody told me about this that's the thing that's the
1: thing about home ownership is that no one tells you fucking <laughs> shit man
2: i i do not understand as somebody who's never owned a home before i don't understand how people know how to do things like I, like like I was, I was randomly talking to my dad recently about like 20 years ago a hurricane knocked a tree down on the house punched a hole in the roof oof and he was saying he said he just went and patched it himself and i'm like how <laughs> were you a roofer in a former <laughs> life that i didn't like how do you know how to do it <laughs> Did not get a remotely satisfactory answer. <laughs> just some kind of mild condescension. <laughs> it's like, uh, I, just, I just got up there and put some liquid nails on it and then took some shingles. you know, like, it's like, there where, you go. Where do you get this knowledge from?
1: I, I think, I mean, look, I, I, I'm again, I'm not the biggest fan of ascribing generational, you know, broad strokes to, to how different people have d- dealt with things. But I do feel like there was a certain lack of interest in teaching, people of our generation and the generations below us, like how to fucking do anything. Like, I don't know. It's not that my dad was the most handy guy, but he knew how to do stuff. Like he could garden, he could do some very basic repair stuff on his house and whatever. He just never really showed me any of that. Mm. You know, I he'll answer questions if I have specific questions, but I don't remember a time when my dad sat down and was like, all right. So, when you have to deal with a bee's nest in your own home, here's uh, what you do. You know, like it was yeah. never that.
0: I I got a lot of that. Okay. And was it useful say, I,
1: as a teenager? No,
0: I hated it. Like okay. I didn't I didn't want to go out and learn how to change the oil or build a deck or, or do anything. I wanted to be downstairs playing Rygar. Like Right. I, I didn't I used to complain all the time. Like I didn't I didn't build this freaking garage. Why would you do it? And then uh and then I'd have to go outside and I don't know, replaster a garage or whatever it is. But I-, I think the difference, Brad, too, is for me, there's so much information out there. You could get lost in trying to do the perfect thing mm-hmm. versus if there's no information out there, you just got to put some wood up and make sure water isn't getting into your house anymore. Right. And I think that's where I get cut up is like, Oh, what is the exact tool I need? And the, how do you do it exactly? There's 450 YouTube videos about how to do this. Mm-hmm. Should I go get the right thing? Oh, this I'm having this thing with the gutters now. I'm putting up gutters on my garage. You could just get lost. You think putting up a gutter would be the easiest thing in the world, and it should be. You're putting up a tube to carry water down from the roof. Oh, well, right, what kind of nails are you going to use? You're going to use nails. You know? How do you fix that tube to the roof? What How do you, you fix that tube to the roof? What, what do you, kind do you of
2: seal the joints with? I don't
0: know. What are you going to seal the joints? What kind of wood do you have in your fa- uh, fascia boards? Are you, is it wood that? Uh, oh well, don't use don't use pressure treated wood because that will react with the aluminum. Again, aluminum always the problem. Aluminum in the gutter. Oh, you got aluminum gutters? Why didn't you get PVC gutters? Uh, what can you put them into the rafter tails or you have to put them into the fascia board? What size fascia board? Did you get six inch or not? You do cedar. You're going to prime all the board. It's like. I wound up looking at this and specking, and I was like, I think I can get away with this for like 75 bucks. I am now like 350 bucks in on this project. There say, it this is. is. This is how
2: you ended up with $20,000 gutters.
0: <laughs> and it's my garage is tiny. It's a 20 foot, not even 20 foot run on one side that I'm looking to do. I'm going to do both sides. Is there,
2: is there such a thing as like audio files, but for gutters,
1: <laughs> like gutter files, the best <laughs> yikes. That's a, we You know, that feels like a term you ascribe to someone you really don't
2: like. Maybe we should move on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's get our mind out of the gutter. Uh, and uh, maybe I'll take a picture at some point of my gutters. But I'll tell you, I've got gutter and elbows and and uh, uh, rivets and everything now stacked in the garage ready to go. I can't wait to do it. It's going to be a lot of fun putting up, them, putting up them gutters. Luckily, it's very short and I don't have to be on a ladder. It's like eight feet tall. Uh, let's talk about, let's see, let's talk about Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth. Okay. Alex, somehow you and I have ended at the exact same
1: spot in our playthrough. It's not somehow. I know exactly how this happened. It's because they put you through, like, three hours <laughs> of fucking cutscenes, kind of basically leading up to that moment, and that's the first time you really get a chance to fucking <laughs> pause and save the game in a good long while.
0: Uh, So, where this game is out soon um this i think week. at the time of this recording at the end of the week uh, i think you and i are probably like what like 5 plus hours in at this point i think point. like 7 is <laughs> where i'm at and i think you and i just got to basically kicking off things in hawaii i still think i'm in the tutorial <laughs>
1: <laughs> you it's, and I are at the same spot. It's got to be. I can run around Hawaii now. There's still things they. I feel like they have not taught you how to do yet. Like There's whole systems that are going to open up in this game that have not opened up yet because we know that Animal Crossing mode is in there, and I've not yes. even seen that yet. I, I haven't, haven't sniffed that. that yet.
0: I did get the, and this must have been a thing from, I guess, kind of setting up a little bit of our um, history with it. You have played... What was it called? Something like a dragon. Yakuza Uh, like a dragon. I've played every
1: one of these games. I've not finished all of them, but I did finish the last Yakuza seven like a dragon. I did finish that one.
2: Yeah. And seven crucially is the first game that Ichiban was in. Right. Yes. A big focus of this. Also, just for the record, uh, we we only got two codes for this, so I have not had a chance to touch it yet. So, Uh, but I'm, I'm I'm eager to ask (laughs) you questions about it because I loved like a dragon or excuse me. Yakuza seven. (laughs) Right. Like a dragon. I fucking hate. I wish they had never made that change. It's
0: very confusing, and so that's the Ichiban game, though the man who erased his name is the Kiryu game, and it ties into that, and it it's, all... the,
1: it's the connective tissue between yeah. the Kiryu saga and Ichiban story.
2: So, so Brad, did you, did you finish? Did you play through no, all of that last I, one? I, I put like 30 plus hours into seven okay but it was in the middle of game of the year and i didn't get a chance to finish it but i I loved what i played of it so this is um you know for the folks who
0: don't know this is the kind of more rpg battle system uh uh, like a dragon or yakuza games it's not the brawler kiryu stuff it is more of the turn-based um ichiban stuff which they got into the direction and narratively I don't think they do a great job of filling you in on the nuances and, and a lot of the stuff that happened in those other games. I had to go to third party sources to kind of really flesh out, like, where Ichiban and these uh, Adachi and um, who's the other character? Uh, Namba
2: Namba is, is Adachi's yeah. the cop, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, where the, how they all fit in, what they did in the last game, because the game starts off with people just calling you the hero of the, the province of Yokohama. I'm yeah. uh, like, well, what's going on there? And you get a little bit of, of stuff throughout the
1: there's beginning. A, there's a- And the thing is, they do pepper in some flashbacks to some of the big story moments in that last game, but you are kind of left to sort of, like, remember the context for those scenes and exactly, like, what (laughs) level of importance this character or this person being revealed to not have actually murdered the person you thought they were, (laughs) like, that kind of stuff. Like, what level of importance is that?
0: And I have found, and, you know, I'm not familiar with the last game much at all, but i'm familiar with the yakuza games the level of soap opera nonsense is high so you you have to kind of like like oh this person was this person's wife though they i'm not i don't want to spoil anything but this person was here we thought this person was dead but they really weren't dead here comes here they come and with that, an eye patch but that's part for the course with these games yeah.
1: to some degree you know or another there's always someone you thought was dead that isn't there was always a secret relationship lover baby something <laughs> happening in the background like that's just what they do so uh
0: in the in the setup for this ichiban is this is a uh, uh, post uh seven he has dismantled, basically, or he and his team. Tell me if I'm right
1: here, Alex. He has yeah. basically uh, dismantled two of the big clans. Um, uh, he the- didn't specifically do it, but he was a key cog in the plan for the great disillusion. No, okay. Knowing
2: knowing how he was portrayed in the first game, I'm going to assume he fell ass backwards into whatever happened.
1: Okay. Okay. Without getting all the way into the details, you're right, but you will also find that someone very specifically aimed his ass at the things that he was okay. supposed to fall backward into okay. in order to get him there.
2: Okay.
0: okay. And so, the setup for this one is, we're now in, like, a post-Yakuza world here where there are all these out-of-work
2: like, like, little uh, Y Yakuza. Little, little Yakuza, right? Like, not not post Yakuza the franchise but as in like the Yakuza has been dissolved or something the
1: two biggest clans are gone now and while there are still some regional clans that take up and like there is a clan that is still going in Yokohama when the game kind of starts up but they are by all accounts small potatoes when the game is is kicking off
0: um and so he's working to kind of find he uh, uh ichiban works at a, a basically a placement agency so it's a hello uh, work it's the same yeah.
1: place that he was bumming around a lot in the last game
0: uh and he's trying to place these out of work yakuza uh whether through totally legitimate means but mostly legitimate means into jobs that he feels like would suit their needs and trying to do it what seems like ethically right like hey yeah you should be transparent you need to be transforming your life in uh, into a uh, Post-Yakuza lifestyle. And apparently, I don't know if this is real or not, um, because I don't know what is real in these games. There is like a five-year, if you were in the Yakuza, you cannot uh, get a cell phone plan. You cannot uh, rent an apartment. You basically are cut off from a lot of the Japanese services, which I think everybody else can participate in. And it's
1: making it very difficult. Uh, in this period. It's weird. I don't know if that is like a real like thing on on, you know, like Yakuza regulations in Japan or not. But like the way it's framed very much here is like this notion of, hey, we went to all this trouble of basically, you know, dissolving the concept of major organized crime. And what you have done in response is essentially like make it punishment for having left the Yakuza and make it impossible for you to exist in society.
0: Yeah, so people are having a really hard time. Uh, Ichiban feels like it is his mission if not fulfilling the final wish of Arakawa f- uh, the- that's his
1: that was his yakuza family, you know, don patriarch. Yeah, patriarch and, and also like and it, this is revealed in the last game. So I'm just, you know, I, again, there're some spoilers here, but uh the implication was that also Ichiban may have actually been his biological son.
2: So okay. there's Okay, I, I had gotten up to all the stuff with the baby, the flashbacks with the baby yes. in the first game, or the previous game, I should say. That makes a lot of sense.
1: There's a whole baby switching aspect of that story. Okay.
0: Which they have gone through in, in what seems like great detail in this game, and I'm still kind of confused with all the players and, and how this all works out. It's
1: a long story, the last one, and there's <laughs> okay. a lot of shit happening in it. Also, I'm a little confused with um, there
0: are families, like the Arakawa family and there are captains of the family, and then there are captains of the clan? The are- Well, there's Kawa- the
1: chairmans of the clan. Chairmans, yeah. And which then there is are what Kiryu was. Okay. Kiryu was the fourth chairman of the Tojo clan at one time. <laughs> but the families work under the clan structure. Okay.
0: So who's the captain that you meet that he has a really tense relationship with? Sawashiro?
1: Yeah. So that guy, uh, he was basically the right-hand man of... I'm remembering correctly, Uh, he was the right-hand man of the head of the Syriu clan.
0: Okay. And he, wait, because he kills the head of the Syriu clan, doesn't he?
1: That is what happens in the last game is that he is sent to prison for uh, the murder of the head of the Syriu clan.
0: Okay. So there's there's a plot line uh, that relates to him where it's like, Okay, I'm trying to figure out where you fit into all of this and the Arakawa clan and the great dissolution and all of this and it's it's not real they have a very small character profiles you can read in the game if you go into the start menu in the I think it's like in the settings menu but they don't really help all that much. They give you yeah. kind of like broad strokes.
1: It's tough because I feel like in the past they have done a pretty good job of inserting things at the beginning of the game where optionally you can go and like yeah. visit a bunch of gravestones and then that <laughs> will just give you flashbacks of stuff. They're so deep at this point, but also not that deep with Ichiban that I'm wondering if they just didn't feel as much compulsion to like try and recap the entire game at the top, even if it is optional. It's a little awkward, and I think sometimes yeah. when they try to insert the flashbacks, it feels like... All right, we're going to be here for a while. And the problem with it is <laughs> it's not the story, which I'm enjoying a lot so far. Same here. The problem is I think they really let themselves stretch their legs with the intro to this game because the first seven hours, I can tell you that I did actual gameplay for maybe an hour and a half to two hours of that. Like, there is a lot of Oh, yeah. There's a lot of running around the city, too, which, you know, I guess technically counts as gameplay. But, like, early this on...
0: A dozen fights, if that. maybe. Yeah, like, there's like
1: a half dozen fights. Like, uh, there's, a, a there's one dungeon fights. to go through. Yeah. Um, but like a lot of it really is just like them steering the story for the first several hours and not letting you do a lot of that.
2: How, how like of what you've seen of the RPG mechanics is it? Pre- I assume it's pretty similar to the previous game. It
1: is. It's the same sort of attack, special abilities, uh, defense, or you know, use an item like for. Wrong screen. Uh, yeah. You have your summons and things like that that eventually come up, which we haven't really gotten to yet. Um, the main thing I noticed primarily is that there's less of the random movement from various characters during a battle. Like once you're on your turn or a particular character's turn, there's a little bit of movement sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like enemies will kind of nudge themselves in one direction or another, but you can't move yourself very far around. There's kind of like a circle around you that is like your range and you have attacks that can go beyond that range certainly but like it feels less like the ai is bumping into itself when you were in a battle which was the th- like m- kind of my main problem with the first game's combat is that it felt more like a loose idea than something that had been fully formed
2: it was pretty clunky from what i remember yeah yeah there is a lot of positional
0: stuff in the battle. so like there you're is. You're throwing people into other people. You can
2: combo attacks. You get a
0: proximity bonus if you're near.
1: Yeah, if you bump Sim- one of your guys into another guy, there's like a kind of a tag team move thing yeah. that will sometimes happen. So
0: The combat's kind of fun, and I'm still really learning the game. And what it wants. I don't. Should I be fighting all the random street battles? No, not unless you bat- want to. Okay. I don't know if like the experience and the money is worth getting
1: early on. I think it's probably helpful, but like if you don't feel like doing a battle, you should not feel like you have to.
0: Okay. Um. So far, the combat has felt not hard to me. Like I, I've no. Got, it's early. It's a thing. But yeah, but yeah, just fine.
1: If, I if it's see- like
2: the first game, it does get a lot harder, and I think you start okay. running at enemies that are a lot higher level than you at some point.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah, so far the, all the main story missions I've been able to beat. I've had to use a healing item here and there, but it's, been, That's it's normal. been, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty good. And I don't know if I should be buying gear because the first dungeon I did felt like I found a decent amount of gear, but I bought, I bought equipment for everybody at the, at the, uh, um,
2: yeah,
1: I did sex shop. Yes, yeah, yeah. so the sex shop is the place you gear up for your JRPG quest at the beginning.
2: Uh, <laughs> that's that, that's like such a big part of why I love that first game and why I want to play this one is, first of all, I have a fascination with like the style of RPG set in any setting that's not fantasy or science fiction. Because totally. everything is like Dragon Quest, Final Fantasy. like It's just like, with, with some exceptions, like Earthbound or something, which is like little kids in kind of realistic neighborhood or whatever. Yeah. This is such an unconventional setting for a JRPG like this. And on top of that, they get so goddamn ridiculous with it. Like, I obviously haven't seen anything in this game, but, like, this, the summons and the special attacks in the first game were, like, the reason to be there for me was just to see what absurd Yakuza-style ideas they came up with to put into these very traditional slots for what would normally be, like, Fire 2, you know? Like, Cure. Yeah. yeah. Like, like what, what dumbass ideas did they, did they find to slot in for, for, for this mechanical stuff?
1: And I feel like they're leaning harder... Even into that stuff. Like, there is a real postmodern quality to the way this game approaches, like, JRPG design and also its own world. Like, I think, you know, the the notion is that Ichiban, because he is a gamer, uh, he sees the world in sort of the, you know, the perception of, like, someone who is doing JRPG battles. And... You know that lets them really get stupid with stuff in a way that I think is is pretty enjoyable. It was it was pretty enjoyable in the first one. It feels like they're leaning even harder into it this one in with this one, and like the little details. I you know look the sujimon guy is back. Like you are literally cataloging scumbags again. Right. And it seems I, like now well, you can you can actually battle them.
2: Actually, great. But also, I'm not sure. I felt a little weird about that in the first game was was it mostly like it was mostly just enemies right
1: yeah it's just enemy characters okay for the okay part. oh
2: that's right okay i was yeah it's was, like
1: perverts okay. and fucking street thugs right. and, and people like that right for the most okay part.
2: okay it's not it was not necessarily just like people who were down on their luck on the street or whatever
1: no like tonally the last game had a little bit of trouble trying to thread the needle on how it wanted to treat its homeless characters yes, who were a pretty central part of
2: the, yes, of the story like especially namba being a main character in that situation
1: so like here, Nanba still has those powers, even though like at the be- so at the beginning of the game, everyone has jobs. Like like uh, uh, Ichiban is working at Hello Work. Uh, Adachi has become a loss prevention guy, which is the fucking perfect character note for that dude. Uh, Nanba is working in medical equipment testing. So like everyone just kind of has like regular jobs. um... And so Nanba, like, when he goes into the quest with you, he's like, all right, time to don my, my classic questing gear. And he puts on the outfit he was wearing when
2: he was homeless. Right. But, like, 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 if this was a class-based game, his class might as well have been vagrant.
1: I, I'm pretty sure his job in when he puts yeah. that gear on is homeless person. Right. Yes. So, but the thing is, also, the first time you meet the homeless characters again in this one, you find out that, like, in the post-COVID Yokohama, they were trying to build some stuff around the homeless encampment. And that shit got abandoned, so they just took it over and basically built their own homeless castle on top of this framework that was supposed to be another building. And, like, it seems like everyone is kind of looking out for them and being cool for the most part, like Ichiban especially still is. But, you know, I mean, it remains to be seen how they, how they handle the, that stuff as going on. But it feels like they have not abandoned those characters and they are still going to be at least a factor in the Yokohama stuff. Ichiban
0: seems like a real sweetheart.
2: He's, he's amazing. He's like he's yeah. like an all-time video game character.
1: And yeah. he's it, it, the the amazing thing about him is that they found a way to take the character archetype, which is extremely capable, dope, which is yeah. what Kiryu was. Yeah. But make a totally different version of that because they are not the same personality. They are not the same vibe at all. But they both have the exact same desperate need to help everyone that happens to hoove their way into their field of vision.
0: Uh I I don't know why they give him I mean he's a weird looking dude, but when you do the pause screen or like the equipment screen, he is making <laughs> a really disturbing face that it's just like I don't know I don't know if it changes later or what, but it is it is hard to look at It looks pained, yeah. Pained. Um no, he's a fun character to play as. He there, it's fun to interact with other characters as him like there, there's just he he gets the setup for this is he basically gets cancelled online yes. which is like the
1: internet cancels
0: Ichiban um, and he doesn't understand the internet much like Kiryu he's like I'm not on the internet but the internet's out there yes uh, and so it's kind of an interesting plot line uh,
1: I thought other... it was like it definitely gave me a little bit of like a hot under the collar oh boy <laughs> what are we doing here but then uh-huh. like Where it shifts past that point, I feel like gets it back on a more interesting track. Like, I'm still curious where they're going with that, but that's more of just an inciting event to get him down on his luck again. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there is a larger conspiracy going on in there somewhere, but it's the excuse he needs to basically be out of work when it is time for him to go to Hawaii. That's right. Uh, uh, Yeah,
0: something to disrupt his current plans. Yeah, the status quo. Again, this first, like, six or seven hours... uh, It spans like two years. It's like... you. you, It's 2022
1: is where it first picks up, and then I think... uh, Maybe it is 2023, but it's like early 2023, and then it's later. Because there's definitely a month between when he gets canceled and when he goes to Hawaii that's like a time skip. And there's
0: like a year, I want to say... I think you're right. uh, Somewhere in there, like one year later thing in there too. And, you know, it's interesting. There are characters in there that he's having interactions with, which... Having not played seven or or a bunch of seven, I don't remember where those or know where those left off. And they, it's probably a lot more resonant with people who know those games. There's a there's the cabaret owner. Like we said, there's a dot oh, Yeah. Like yeah. So
1: she's she was the sister of someone that you helped in the game who kind of became a member of your party. She did not have the most fleshed out backstory, but she was just kind of like she was definitely like she was like the fourth person who joins your party in that last game.
0: And there are two other characters they mentioned. They're like, wow, they're still in the Yakuza. They're not going to be here. Uh, there's I don't know
1: the well, is. yeah, there's the the guy who runs the Chinese triad uh, who also just wants to be a chef. And then there's the dude who was part of the Korean mob okay. that I think became sort of a freelancer or something else like he was he was definitely kind of like he was he was like a decoy for another Korean mob figure from an earlier game. But then he like that guy died, so he didn't have anything else to do. So he sort of joined this other thing, if I remember correctly.
0: Okay, so maybe not yakuza, but from criminal uh, backgrounds. Yeah,
1: well, they're yeah they're they're all part of the different like you know like uh, ethnic mobs around Yokohama when that game is going.
0: Okay. Well, I was naked on the beach, so I feel like I finally started. My <laughs> the game Infinite finally Love. started. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I feel like it is set up now in a way where I think I know what we have to do next like there's a there's a plot point in front of me uh, yes for a, for a lot of that intro it's like where do- how the hell am I going to get to Hawaii? <laughs> Though,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: like so for a long time,
1: I'm very excited by what I've heard from people. I know who have actually finished this. They seem very positive about where it ends up. And there was some reason for trepidation because I think this is the first full game under the new leadership. Yes. Uh, Rio got, got-
2: Yeah. I was going to bring that up since Negoshi took off and some other people too, right? Not just him. a couple
1: of other people. I think that were, had been there a long time.
2: Yeah. Like reviews are amazingly positive for this in light of the fact that they had this big change in, the management of the studio so that's awesome
1: yeah and you know I that's exciting to me because I it makes it okay to my mind because I mean, so here's the thing as long as the intro is a lot of it is still very compelling like there mm. are only been a few moments where I've been like I wish they would hurry this up it's mostly where it it's you get into that little rhythm of them finishing a chapter and then taking the next 10 minutes to recap what happened in that chapter you just finished type stuff mm-hmm. characters repeating the thing that you already know but they always have done this. Like that's just the way they tell their stories. They want to make sure you don't forget about stuff. But like the actual plot beats, what's actually happening in those cutscenes and the limited amount that you are playing is really good. It's a great starting point for where what feels like where they're going with it. Um I have not been antsy about it very much. And that to me says like I'm probably in this one for the long haul. Yeah, same here. Like uh
0: you know, depending on how long it all stretches out, it's it's been a decent setup but that's probably been a mixture of i know we're gonna wind up in hawaii yeah <laughs> like what's going on here and also i want to get through as much of this before we record as possible you know that's always a kind of looming thing right so yeah. it's one of those things of like man this seems like it's really taking its time but now that we're here I'm i'm kind of interested to see what's happening it is still just mind-bendingly weird yes. for him to or for any yakuza game or like a dragon game to have american english speaking people that you're running up against in hawaii it's just like when the police are talking to you in english it's oh my god
1: weird it's also kind of amazing how hard they go in on american cops like right from the (laughs) get-go like the uh, the first cop you end up actually talking to at length is (laughs) every stereotype you can imagine a foreign country having about american police it is fucking incredible
0: yeah there there's like it short of me- him having a Chicago <laughs> accent for no
1: reason like it is pretty fucking close
0: yeah it's it's interesting like it's look I always assume these games are kind of a send up too, of some Japanese stuff. Like this isn't a documentary of Japan. So oh, seeing yeah. them do send up stuff of American culture by
1: way of Hawaii also is interesting. There are pickup trucks all over the place. You know, there's there just two are- people wandering around with surfboards. Like it's <laughs> you fucking know? there's at least one guy who I'm pretty sure is just wearing the Tommy Versetti shirt. <laughs> there are a lot of people just doing like a
0: hang loose signs all over mm-hmm. as they as they kind of walk by. Uh it's interesting and they do a pretty interesting job for me at least of Ichiban does not know
1: English
2: or no he not does know not English well there are certain and,
1: characters around him that do and are able to translate in certain moments but all he really knows how to say is uh hello hi <laughs> yeah
2: so wait does how does it handle multilingual situations like is there a mode that is like hey I want all the Japanese care I want I want all the characters who speak Japanese to speak Japanese but still get the English from the locals kind that's of what yeah, the yes. Japanese language that's what, Japanese track, is. that's what it is do, okay yeah. great yeah. that's that's great so Everything get,
1: that is local in Hawaii is in English or Japanese if the character speaks Japanese. Interesting. And,
0: and in the subtitles, they put brackets around what is English uh, right. in, in the thing. But the um, you know English-speaking people will be like, oh, my God, look at him. And it's just like, well, that's super weird. This yeah. whole thing has been in Japanese for a while. The I will say th- this really, really bummed me out, and I hope they fix this with a patch or something happens. But you meet this character who's a radio host who does like a podcast about yeah. culture and entertainment. And she says she does like game stuff and she's like, oh, you should tune into my podcast and it's on my MP3 thing. But it's all in Japanese with no subtitles and you can't listen. Is to there
1: it. no subtitles for that? Mm-hmm. I hadn't dug into those yet. No. And, huh. I, and I even switched the audio to English
0: and that podcast is still in Japanese. That's got to so, be a bug then.
1: Yeah. It's a real bummer
0: because it's listed in your music track. So I yeah. wonder if it's just like not subtitling it you know because it's like it looks at it as music that's so, weird because they'd say like oh you should listen to this every chapter because it updates and so I feel like I'm in chapter I don't know what it's like chapter, I I'm four in chapter or something. three now. Okay. Yeah. So it's, I've missed maybe three of them or, or, or maybe
1: two. Well, you, well, you haven't missed. Image. They're still yeah. in your database. Uh, they don't delete or anything like they're just there and you can add them to your playlist. If oh, you the different two.
0: chapters are there. Yeah. Like the different okay.
1: episodes of that show are still in there, but I hadn't tried playing them. So I guess I didn't realize there weren't subtitles. There's a couple of bugs in there here and there. There's a little like fit and finish stuff. Mm. Like, there was one cutscene where it was in engine, and there was like a, a fucking one of the NPCs was kind of doing like a Michael Jackson smooth criminal lean <laughs> yeah. back in a way that did not look natural. There was a, I've, I've seen some stuff with like AI pathing where characters will sometimes like bunch up like pedestrians mm, and yes, stuff. Yes, I've, I've had that. Yeah, the, but not, it's not none of it is ruinous. It's just like little bits of fit and finish that look a little off.
0: The other thing that happens sometimes, and this is before I went to Hawaii, but they'll show. Um, they'll show papers that are written in Japanese and not subtitle them. And it's yeah. like, oh, like, I don't, I have no idea what you're showing me because this
1: sheet is not. I mean, you get the gist of it, but they usually say out loud a lot of what that, yeah. that detail is. It, it, they usually, I, if I remember correctly, if it's not plot critical, a lot of like what's on the actual paper, they oftentimes won't do that
0: yeah so like it you know it's a lot of like what i'm thinking specifically about is ichiban looking at the resumes when he's at hello right. work and it's like i don't know what any of this says but yes he'll be like but then he's put about to explain on. it yeah. to you is
1: the thing so yeah
0: i just kind of wish they they did more of that stuff just because yeah. uh, you know i, I don't want to miss anything the podcast thing was the biggest one because it sounded like a fun thing to listen to yeah and i want to hear them talk about culture and games on this weird podcast yeah overall though having a good time with it i think it's it's a slow mover, man. But if you're in, if you're in on these games, you probably know that already.
1: Like, I mean, this are... is a slow mover even by the standards. I feel like of these games, mm-hmm. like they've gotten progressively longer, especially with the last one. But even like a dragon, you know, like like Yakuza Seven, I remember kicking off a, like the main thrust <laughs> of its plot a little faster than this one does. Okay,
0: yeah, I' curious to see what happens. They've already put a couple of wrinkles in there that I think are interesting for the story. I th- I just think
1: Ichiban's a fun character to, to the,
2: He, he to. is amazing. He was a huge part of why I stuck with the first game mm. for so long.
1: And honestly, like the big thing that has stuck out for me with this one is it feels like they have a much more confident handle on the characterizations for the main people. Like, mm. you know, Ichiban in particular, but also like Nanba and Adachi, you know, Sachan, like all them, all the ones you've met so far, it feels like their personalities are a little more fleshed out and they're a little more, there's a little bit more of a dynamic I mean, there would have to be. They've been friends for longer. They know each other for longer. But that vibe comes across immediately. And I think that made me feel very at ease because the best part of the last one was all those times when you would just go to the fucking bar and talk to all those characters and do their side quests, you know, their loyalty missions basically. And that stuff that was the thing that really made it stand out. And it feels like they're going even harder with that.
2: That's cool. What is um what is the Kamarosho equivalent here? It's still like- Yokohama. No, no, no! I mean, like in Hawaii. What is the? Cause oh, it's like, Honolulu. It's some some it's a, section of Honolulu. Do they do they come up with some fake Waikiki name or something like that? I
1: I haven't seen a name yet for it. I yeah. my understand. I mean, basically everywhere I've gone in Honolulu that wasn't uh, a specific boxed off story area. Was just walking down the street, and okay. it looks like it's just kind of a main drag somewhere in Honolulu. I'm not a, i I've been to Honolulu once in my life, so I okay. don't know it that well. I'm not, I
2: was just wondering because like Kamurocho is like practically a character in the franchise, you know, for yep. how much time you spend there. And I was just wondering like moving to even a new city, let alone a new country, you know. Yeah how how do they how do they like reestablish that setting with the same amount of personality? Well, they're also still
1: doing the dual setting thing, because I'm pretty sure you will eventually start going back and forth between Hawaii and Yokohama. That
2: that was my other question.
1: Because the last few games, that's what they've done. Like, usually there's a main new area that you spend a lot of your time in, but then there are reasons to go back to. They might not do it as much in this one because you are literally flying, you know, from Japan to (laughs) the United States. It's. It's still a fairly long flight, so I imagine they will maybe try to rein that in slightly. It's, it's not like going from Yokohama to fucking Tokyo. Did you take the
0: crawfish with you?
1: Of course I did. <laughs> okay. Of course I
0: took Nancy with me. Okay. I don't, I can't remember if I played or watched you play, but I remember Nancy from yes. a mission. Um, I don't know if that was on a stream or I got up to that part. but Nancy's yes, I, big now. <laughs> it's big Nancy. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, still hoping some stuff gets ironed out and patched. I also I don't think they're going to do this, but it's worth mentioning because I think it's really messed up. I, w- I wish they didn't do that new game plus. Stuff. Oh, that, sucks. I'm, that I, sucks. I'm with you. That, that sucks uh, out loud. So they, they put the new game plus behind the uh, upgraded edition. Yeah, that's so terrible. Yeah, they I don't know if they'll reverse that because I don't know how they can do that, but please don't make that a trend going forward. <sighs>
1: I worry sometimes that Sega is still trying to figure out how to capitalize on these games like sudden burst of popularity over the last several years. And I there are things about Sega I respect, but I do not always think their ability to capitalize on their popular projects well uh, has traditionally been there. Yeah, like I'm
0: not even a big New Game Plus person, but... I do sometimes, and that just seems like a thing you sh- we should not get into. Yeah. That's
1: a bad standard
2: to set. I'm trying to, I'm looking at the PlayStation store. There are three SKUs for this thing, three bundles, it's, and yeah. I, I don't even see which one has it. None of it's them. It's the second, it's second it the second middle one. one, so it's 80,
0: $85. I think so. The base one's 70 right? Yeah. Yeah. A, yeah. I, they had a matrix on their site. If you just go to their thing and hit pre-order. On uh, um, uh, Infinite Wealth, they have like one of those charts that show you everything you get uh, on the thing. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's the last item on the first paragraph of stuff you get. Yeah, it's a bad, don't do that. Don't don't yeah, don't, don't do lock that, that up. That's don't bad. do that. Um, but that's uh, not other, how we should
1: be doing things.
0: No, no. Um, there's other DLC stuff there, but the store wasn't working for me, so I didn't get a chance to get, see what was in there. When I clicked it, it was like store is broken, man. Which you know, look, game's not out yet, so. This one also probably worth noting, not going to be on Game Pass. Uh, I know a lot of those uh, Yakuza games were on Game Pass. This one, uh, at least currently,
1: we will not yeah, be Game Pass. Yeah, Like a Dragon, it. I think, if not right away when it came out, but pretty soon after it was on Game Pass.
0: Yeah, so not this one. Uh, 70 bucks out the 26th, which is, uh, I think, Friday officially. Uh, I don't know if the other versions get you earlier access or anything like that. Uh, but, yeah, so far I've had a good time. Again, that was pretty early on, I think, by Like a Dragon standards. Uh, and, you know, for me, you could probably mix my time between bouncing back and forth between Wikipedia pages to go see what the heck happened
1: It's here. a long and winding road, man. Like, a lot of things have happened to a lot of people in those games. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you – you didn't play Man Who Erased His Name, I realize, but, like – there's judgment crossover in that game. Oh yeah, okay. Like Kaito shows up in that game for a brief period, who is like the sidekick of uh, Yagami, the main character. And so you do some shit with fucking Kaito in that game. Like they are intermingling their various <laughs> plot threads and franchises into the the Gotoku verse, I guess. But like, yeah. it feels like they're getting even more intricate with that stuff. I, don't know, I
0: gotta go watch like seventy episodes of. Something like the MCU now. I've
1: got to make sure I didn't miss the spin-off thing on like. I mean, it doesn't Loki. help. It doesn't help that there were already like five full games of this before they started getting really popular. <laughs> you know, like these these weren't short games even back then.
0: Well, I feel like I, on the on the Kiryu side, I'm a little more caught up because of some of the stuff we did at work. On the Ichiban side, not as much. And yeah. then on the on the post the kind of a uh, epilogue side of things with Kiryu not as caught up, but I have a general idea what's going on there, but it's fun. He's a fun character. It's goofy. Uh, I'm going to keep going with it uh, for a while. Also, it's interesting. The RPG combat very much like um, I should say JRPG combat really is very much like CF stars and it's like active combatness mm-hmm. and you know, time these things. And uh, it's interesting to play those games simultaneously because stylistically they are so different, but mechanically Still JRPGs. Still yep. kind of the same. Just got a question whether you buy items from the vendors or wait for you to get the uh you know items in world.
2: I can't speak for this game, but I remember buying a lot of items in the last one. Yeah, you will. You will inevitably buy a lot of items. Okay. Save you will buy money. a lot of
1: bento boxes and, and uh magic wands. And <laughs> okay. by magic wand I don't mean the, the fantasy kind. I mean the well, a oh, different kind of fantasy kind. The massager. Yes. The That's very large cudgel massager it's
0: got good it's got good shock that's a hero's weapon it's good weapon a lot of times those characters can't move after i hit them with that mm-hmm. all right we're gonna take a break we're gonna come back we're gonna talk about some other games and then we'll uh talk a little bit about uh checking with prince of persia lost crown so stick around this week's show is brought to you by Babel. Alex and Brad, you know I love languages. Look, chance of Sonar was like my, one of my number one games this year or last year, I should say. Love putting languages together. Babel is here to help me. Could they help me too?
1: Because I can't speak anything other than English.
0: Brad, you know a little German.
2: I, that's very generous of you. <laughs>
0: Thank you. I've heard, I've heard you. I du bisschen oh, Deutsch?
2: Ich, ich verstehe uh, ein, ein bisschen.
0: Well, Babbel is here to help you brush up, let's say, or learn a new language. One in five Americans have quote learn a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, 2024 is your year to go check out Babbel. I tried Babbel. I'm brushed up. I picked Italian because I'm. That's one of those things I'm always looking to keep. You know, it's, you definitely lose it if you don't use it, right? Like, that is a thing with languages. Uh, my Italian has gone down the drain. I was like, ah, oh, Babbel, let me let me do this. And it's it's great. I love, look, I love other languages. I'm terrible at them. And I feel like Babbel's at least helping me keep up with my Italian now. They give me a little quiz. They're like, "How do you, how do you feel about your Italian?" And I'm like, "Pretty bad about my Italian." They're like, "Don't worry, we're gonna help you out. We're gonna get you back on top.
1: We're gonna make you a better Italian."
0: <laughs> at least, at least the speaking one. And it's not just me. Babbel has over 10 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. And. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, you can get 55% off your Babbel subscription only for our listeners. At Babbel.com slash NextLander. That's 55% off at Babbel.com slash NextLander. B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash NextLander. Rules and restrictions may apply babble.com slash nextlander thanks Babbel. ciao babble grazie <laughs> babble this week's show is brought to you by rocket money alex navarro and brad shoemaker you guys all know about subscription services how can you not in the modern age it's all we have left cut the cord and we've attached ourselves to a million tiny little threads One quart gone, a million little threads. Well, Rocket Money is here to help you sever some of those threads and maybe save you a little money in the meantime. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year. With over 500 million in canceled subscriptions, insert Tony Hawk joke. 7-7-20, mm-hmm. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to RocketMoney.com/Nextlander. That's RocketMoney.com/Nextlander. rocketmoneycom nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. And we are back. And before we get into uh, the Prince of Persia stuff, you guys have been playing more home safety hotline. Yes,
2: I played through that entire game after we, we streamed some of it last Friday. If you just want to go see what it looks like. It is an analog horror game, which I had never heard of as a genre before that stream. I don't think. Mm-hmm. but I guess that's the term we're going with now. Right. So folks were saying that is a thing that has existed for, for a while now. Yeah. yeah. Seems like, seems like that's the official genre name, but the other, the other genre it's a part of is the windows 95 game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like it's the, it's the hypnospace outlaw style of you play this game in a v- fake computer desktop from about 30 years ago. Uh, huh, almost, um, that game is pretty awesome. It's um, pretty good. you you effectively, you are the employee at a call center, which ostensibly is about dealing with things like black bold and mice and bees mm-hmm. and leaky pipes. Uh, in reality, you very quickly get into this game's got a really specific, like, European, like, fey horror kind of vibe to it. Folk mm-hmm. horror, if you but, will. Yeah. Kind of almost like paganish, sort of, mm-hmm. in the types of. Basically, a, a bunch of, um, let's say, supernatural home disturbances are also part of your purview. A lot of Hobbes. Yes, Hobbes, Gnomes, Sprites, Portals. Bed teeth. Bed teeth. Bed teeth. Grottoes. Not,
0: not in a way that is like shocking really to no. anyone involved. No,
2: not at all. There's nothing like scary about the game. It's, it's, it's much more like implied. It's like a lot of like heebie-jeebie like reading the descriptions for because everything's very clinical. Like all you're doing is yeah. going through this like computerized database of all the possible home safety issues that you could be helping callers with, as they call in also the voice acting is great. The writing is great <laughs> mm-hmm. on all the callers, but it's just this very clinical thing of like, what is a common hob? Like, what are the dangers of it? What is the solution to it? You just have like that set of information for everything in your database. And it's basically just like a logic matching game kind of thing of like this person called in saying they're waking up with this at night and they hear these voices and I've got to intuit based on mm. the information I have, like what their thing is. Yeah. Uh, that's the whole game. So,
1: and it's and there, it's pretty lightweight. You know, it's a couple hours, probably long, yeah, few I mean, hours at most. Yeah, maybe
2: maybe like through. Like half the reason I wanted to play it because we we played through like eighty percent of it on that stream, but we kind of were breezing through some of it. Like I wanted to read every single thing they wrote for this game.
1: And that's what I did.
2: Is is why I went back and played this for myself because I had to like I had to know because <laughs> there's a bunch of really good creepy details in there about basically everything.
1: Um. It's really good and yeah, like like you said awesome. voice acting's fantastic. There's a regular prank caller that is a part of it that has like a real longmont potion castle kind of like stoner psychedelic vibe to it that is very good. Like the bits are good. Carol is good. Like all that stuff like the recurring bits throughout the the week are really fantastic.
2: Yeah. Um I won't say much about the ending other than I'll just say like enjoy the journey. Okay. Is what I'll say. Like don't expect it to turn into some other huge like don't expect like an inscription or something. Yeah, where you're playing a card game for 20 like 15 hours and then it turns into a whole other game for another 10 or something. Yeah. Like this this thing like sticks to its to its roots, I guess I would say. And like it has an interesting conclusion, but it's definitely like it's pretty small scale and understated overall, I guess I would say. Um so, but but it's, it's very it's very satisfying.
0: Yeah. It's uh 15 bucks over on the uh steam i don't know if it's popping up other places but yeah it, it's it's a it's a vibes game
2: you know it very is much a, so but like a, i think like a, a very satisfying puzzle game too though oh yeah because well, i mean it, yeah. it, you know it's like it's kind of a logic like i said you're like kind of intuiting yeah from from natural language from people calling in screaming about their child <laughs> vanishing mm. through the floorboards or whatever uh-huh. Like you've got to do some like Kind of kind of detective work of like, I need to go read all these entries again and see if I can match these symptoms and these signs to a specific thing. There's like there's bait and switches, you know, there's red herrings on some of them um, where they're trying to confuse you and that stuff's fun. D-
0: did you make good on some of the ones we got wrong?
2: Yes. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll come clean. Uh uh-huh. I wanted the 100% achievement. The, so you so look up. Some? I pulled up a guide, but I always like committed to an answer or I, I didn't commit in the sense that I entered it, but I always like found my own answer before I checked against the guide. Sure. And there yes. were only like two that I didn't have. Right.
0: I think, after, uh, for the stream, some of the ones where people call back and they're, I, I, it's hard to tell what's exactly narratively scripted or not, but it seems like some people call back and they're like, ah, uh, this was wrong. I wonder if they have that for everybody uh, or not. No, I it's, imagine it's they a, probably recorded
1: oh. at least one for everyone.
2: It's cool. Yeah, I like uh, the yeah. vibe of it. I'll, for anybody who's condemning my approach with the guide, I will say, on the last day, I got all of them on my own except one.
0: Oh please! So, if anybody's condemning so, your use of a guide for this, I game, condemn right? nothing of the sort.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, you know, like that's that's the fun of the game when you get down to it. That's the gameplay. You know, that's the that's the mental aspect of the game is figuring that stuff out. So
0: yeah, we already did a bunch of it on the stream anyway. Yeah. Yes, um, yeah. it's oh, fun. Let, and,
2: sorry, but, last thing I'll say. Um, They kind of like the game kind of breaks character after you finish it and unlocks this like art book, but it's still in the computer interface. Hmm. But it's like some really amazing detail about the people who made this game. Like it's mainly a husband and wife team. Mm -hmm. And like, there's some really interesting stuff about their background and like improv and like theme park work they've done (laughs) and where all, where all the horror ideas for this came from and how they like melded all their experiences together to come up with this thing. Well I think That's
1: the the husband I think worked on Hypnospace Outlaw and did a okay. bunch of like the the website designs for that I think. Okay.
2: Yeah. So like it, and there's tons of like illustrations and notebook pages and just like a bunch of like hey we worked at this theme park for a summer and stuff like that is pretty neat.
0: Uh that is Home Safety Hotline 15 bucks over on Steam. Uh I'll briefly say here I am uh continuing just checking in here. Let's see if Stars, that game I continue to like. I think last time I mentioned some plot stuff that I was not big so big a fan of. Um I'm past that now. I've got I think I think a full party. I'm not sure if I filled up all the slots. Moving on. Still really like that game. Um as I, I feel like that's just gonna be one that's gonna be on the on the simmer side for a while there. I think i got plenty of game ahead of me uh as, as we kind of move on but the story stuff has gotten more interesting they've added they've added their jrpg twists and turns uh so that's pretty good there i wonder how long that is i think it's a fairly sizable chunk but i i don't know the jrpg sizes, in my head a jrpg is 100 plus yes it's exactly it. like like but I, I don't know if this is, you know, maybe somebody would be like at 60 or not. I have no idea.
2: Like, I, I always think that about the classics of the genre, you know? Yeah. You're in Final Fantasy 6s and Chrono Triggers and stuff. And then you go back and it's like, oh, you can finish that in 20 hours. It's like, yeah, right, they're, exactly. They're, they're way shorter than I remember them being.
0: Yes. So, like, so if somebody's like, oh, you can, yeah, you can get through this in 40, 50, 60 hours and be like, oh, okay. Uh, but in my head, it's 100. You're getting in for a 100 plus commitment. But that's probably all the collectibles side stuff. And, I think they—they they, a lot of people have told me there's an ending behind a collectible as well. So I uh, will see how that goes. But enjoying it. CF stars, if anybody's interested in that update. Now on to Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown. So we're going to talk. We talked about it kind of a survey level last time. We're going to get more into the weeds here, and we will have spoilers as we talk about the different story stuff and powers um so there is your spoiler warning for prince of Persia: of the lost crown if you're if you're playing alongside or have finished it this is for you um
2: brad what do you think so far I, that game rules like <laughs> i can't i kind of i started to say like i've turned a corner on it but that kind of implies i didn't like it to begin with like it was mm. fine I, I liked it fine but like i don't even know when it happened but at some point i realized like man i kind of just want to not stop playing this like i I, I think I think it's everything you know I think it's just all it's the entire Metroidvania ramp you know it's like suddenly I've just gotten enough of the moves and I've gotten enough upgrades and my combat abilities are getting better enough and I'm seeing enough new stuff you know that um, it just it, it went from good to great I guess is what I'm trying to say
0: Alex how are you feeling
1: I'm okay I still have a lot of respect for it and I'm digging it <laughs> a lot in in various aspects I think I might have hit my hard wall with it mm. for now at least um I definitely got to a point with the platforming where it was like, I know I can do this, it's going to take a lot of time of me practicing to get good at this stuff, and then uh, Like a Dragon started uh, screaming at me to start playing it, but I will say that the, you know, I'm gonna say the ten-ish hours I have put into Prince of Persia have been very enjoyable, and I want to go back to it. I just need to set aside some time to actually do that. It is the most fun I've had with one of these kinds of games in in a very long time.
0: So I, I, I wound up wrapping it up. I think that game is fantastic. Um, I don't know if I'm going to jump back into the world and, and go 100% everything or, or get every Xerxes coin or, or do everything. Uh, I got a lot of them. Mm-hmm. That game's traversal and uh, upgrade or powers ramp is very good. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like yes. they're very
2: meaningful and fun to use. I got, I, I just got the second to last power. Like I've only got one empty power slot left, which is the double jump. And like, <laughs> this might be, this might be most, both the the latest game and also most impactful double jump I have seen in a game like this. Mm -hmm. Uh Like they really backload the double jump in the game, but also once you get it and it really is just a double jump, like there's nothing unique about the way it handles, but it opens up so much of the game.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, Like you probably have a bunch of images on your map that are for double jumps.
2: I actually have been. I didn't. So I didn't think it would be a double jump, but I have been suspecting for the last like three hours of the game. Like they are going to give me a height related power. Sure. They absolutely are. There are so many damn dead ends in here that just need me to jump <laughs> higher. That's just all a platform.
0: That's a little bit yes. too high.
2: Yes. So, and it's weird because all the, the powers you get before that are all weird. Like they're unconventional, <laughs> you know, it's like one of them is dimensional rift, which lets you like trap an enemy and then use it as a weapon, which is rad. Like yeah. Them, Cause
0: you, you could just scoop up enemies,
2: right? Like one of them, you make a clone of yourself and then warp back to it. You know, like they're all kind of like, there's one that's like a reality shifting power and then fairly deep into the game, double jump. Yeah, it's just, it's just yeah, but I think that that's the other reason I like the game so much is the movement just feels so damn good like it's you know, I don't want to use the word perfect or anything, but it's like it's like very, very well tuned the, the feel of the dash like how fast you can get that out um, the way the double jump handles the amount of air control you've got. Uh, it just it just feels excellent to move around in that game. So you you get i think you
0: get more powers than those slots that not all of them you're talking about the feathers like the, the time feather powers yeah. the feather
2: powers the time powers yeah
0: so you i think you get at least one more that's tied to a weapon um but yeah so that's you, yeah
2: that's separate from like the bow and the glaive and stuff like that yeah
0: right exactly um so the you got the double jump so you have i'm just gonna run through them you've got the dash right the, the runner along the wall. Yeah. You've got the, uh, um, the, uh, uh teleport, the, 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 the crystal one, you've got the claw. You have the one where you can click in the stick yeah. and sh- phase in and out of different realities. Yes. Uh, and you just got the double jump. Yeah. Uh, so there's one more big time ish one. And I think you have one weapon one that is uh, very, very
2: big or very good. Um, and yeah, you told me what that one was before this and I was like, Oh, that's yeah. That explains some things. That one's very cool. Uh, The
0: stuff that gets wild is have you had to use things like the teleport in a, in a boss battle yet? No,
2: I've had to, I've had to use the teleport a bunch in conjunction with dash and double jump and stuff in like a bunch of traversal puzzles. Yeah. But no, I haven't loved the boss design in this game so far. The last two bosses I fought, like I didn't have a lot of trouble beating them. They just felt kind of clunky. The snake, the The, big snake, the snake and the forest queen. The, the forest queen. Where, okay. That's the wolf one, right? Like in both cases, I, I feel like I must be missing something because they both have, they both have like red flash attacks, meaning they can't be parried. Yeah. But I also see no way to dodge through or get around. Ooh, maybe you should be using your teleport. Like, I guess so. I, I, I guess <laughs> that is one of the things that
0: I, well, I kind of don't like about the boss design is you, it took me failures to realize how to get through that stuff where it's like, oh, if you don't have a clone set up, early enough on you can't dodge this attack
2: that's that's interesting to so see i hadn't even considered the clone thing to be a combat ability because it is a it takes pre-planning b it just takes some time to come out and time to yes. warp back you know so it's like some of those attacks i mean granted there's enough of a wind up on most of those that you probably could plan for that i think it but. was
0: um the bow guy menelaus It's like um when you Oh, you might have not gotten to this. <laughs> okay. Because you're doing the constellations now, right? Yeah, I'm on the four constellations. Okay. Um, but you've got to the turn.
2: You've gotten to the betrayal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty. You mean the the big one? Yeah. Yeah. Like the story gets kind of interesting, actually, because. Should I just say it? Like, Yeah. Oh, just, I, yeah I think we're this is why we're here, like Your yeah. leader turns out to be the villain. Like you're the leader of your band just fucking kills the prince you're trying to save.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it gets even more interesting than that. And, and I'll need to mention it here, but I really do kind of like how they tie a lot of the things together, but I will say, cause you can probably see it coming. You are in the group of the immortals. You might have some friction with some of those oh, yeah. characters. Yeah. Um, and like, I think you said it last week when we were talking about it, I was a little past that part. And you're like, boy, these really seem like a setup for bosses. You would fight at some point. Um, mm-hmm. and they, and lo and behold, I see yeah, they, They deliver on some of that and there's one character they just drop in a weird way that feels like (laughs) we just kind of ran out of runway for this one or is it coming in DLC or like this character seemed like they were going to play a big role and just disappears off the map but some of them you take out and you get new abilities but there was one the reason I bring it up there's one I just kept one of those images of me in a corner the entire fight. Because the character would back up into that corner constantly, oh, interesting, and then I would just teleport in and do a dive bomb attack uh, on them. So using that teleport ability actually comes in crucial to some some attacks. Okay, because some attacks will span the entire; it'll start in the middle and just yeah, work out from the. Those middle. are
2: the types of attacks. I'm like they they both. The snake in particular has one that literally fills the entire screen with shit that yeah. hits you. You know, and I was just like, how in the world? Uh, uh, I just I just had not. I I just had. Pigeon hold that as a like traversal and environment puzzle power and just, you
0: should use it in the, in the, in the fight. It's good. Uh,
2: because, yeah. Also, also, also because like the combat is so like parry heavy, right? like they, they drive home early on so hard, like, Hey, you should be parrying a lot of stuff. Yes. You know, I was just like, there's gotta be some parry mechanic I'm missing here, but.
0: So I thought that, too, and I had my kids watch me to be like, am I missing a flash here or am I missing a something? And everything I thought I was missing, I was not. So like, they were like, no, no, no. The things you think you can parry, you can parry. Um, what I didn't realize was the teleport ability or, or the after image ability. The other thing is the dimensional claw can take a lot of the projectiles from the oh. bosses and you could shoot them back. Or not at the just boss. enemies. No. Oh, you wow. Can, I don't yeah, think they... Yeah. So projectiles that come out of the bosses, you can claw those oh. and then reverse them back at the enemy. Okay. Um, which... Yeah. So that kind of stuff, that kind of stuff is cool. Like, in terms of the, the boss fight design, I found the bosses generally pretty tough. And, like, I never beat one in under probably five tries, um you know, that's probably going to also depend on how many amulets and what amulets yeah, that's you respect out on.
2: For sure. I actually, I ended up getting the snake on my second try. I actually was like one hit away on my first try, but I have gone a hundred percent into upgrading the swords as fast as possible. <laughs> sure. I have, I have yes. literally built nothing but sword damage in that game.
0: Yeah. And it's I like, did the same thing for a while. Actually,
2: well, I did some amulets, but actually just trivialized some of the, com- not all the combat, but like, I'm really just tearing through enemies in that game. And also like the combat is, like, we talked about it last week, but like there's a lot of technique there. Mm. Yeah. It's
1: deceptive. Like early on, it does not feel like it is really that deep, but as you like, it does not take long for it to start ramping up into some really interesting stuff.
2: Yeah. And I think that's why I'm enjoying playing the game so much because like the combat and the movement together just have this fluidity that starts to become second nature, you know, where I'm finding myself like doing moves on enemies that I didn't even mean to do, but I'm like doing them consistently, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. sliding into an upward, like, you know, pop up, you know, knocking a mm-hmm. guy up in the air and jumping up and hitting him. And like, I don't know. It just, it, it feels, it feels really slick.
0: Did you? You must have fought in the the guys that their animations are in reverse in the in the time they're like pulling the spear back towards them and hit you hit you with that Mm. and when you knock them down they do like a kip up because it looks like they just came out out Mm. of a reverse thing they're in the they're in the sand pit before you fight the snake they're the um their animations are super cool they're basically all playing in reverse and I thought that was like a super interesting technique later on in the game you're probably up to this point I run by most enemies yeah definitely. and if somebody's really in my way, I just dimensional riff them. <laughs> I just keep moving. And then I drop them into a pit later. I um, mean, that's
2: the, that's the Metroid classic, right? Like at some yeah. point you just want to get where you're going. Um, yes.
0: And, and so some of the fast travel stuff does seem a little too far spread out for my taste where it's like, ah oh man, I'm like, I'm like six screens away from a fast travel point. This sucks.
2: I was, I was really feeling that in the middle of the game. It feels like they're getting a lot more generous now about dropping a, um, fast travel point next to most trees or a lot of trees yeah, at least. And, and, and you start being able to reach some of the ones you couldn't get to before. Yeah. Um, but like,
0: you've got to go to the four corners of the map now for this yes, celestial thing. Yes. And it's a big map. Yes. There's a lot of map there, but you'll, by the end of that, you've pretty much got, <clears throat> once you do those four, I want to say you've pretty much got 90% of the map done. There's, there's not too much left. On yeah. You can, you can kind
2: of see there's an illustration in the background of the map. Yeah. Any, anywhere that they have drawn environment uh, artistically there, you know, the map will be overlaid on it.
0: And you've been getting the maps from
2: uh, the girl. Yeah, I, I, I definitely always buy those. actually like, I I mean, the screenshot idea is awesome and I'm glad it's in there. I still kind of wish they would just annotate the, like, mm. these are the, the gold glowing cracked walls that you need to shoot a thing at. You yeah. Know, yeah. These are the, these are the purple reality shifting Like because a, the screenshots are limited. I, it's a little weird to me that they That's also a weird choice, it's a little yes. weird to me that they make the screenshots, a finite resource that you have or
0: to collectible yes. that you can upgrade. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like a, a I kind of wish those were unlimited B. I also just wish they would auto mark <laughs> because every time I get something like the double jump or that reality shift or whatever, I'm just like, yeah, I've done an okay job documenting yes. where these things are, but I know that like there are at least half of them out there that I didn't mark or didn't have oh. enough screenshots to mark. And like, Like you said, that map is huge and I want to go get all the stuff I can get now with that new power, but I just cannot scour that entire map looking for those again. So
0: the thing that I did not mark and I should have, and I guess if people are listening to this, they probably have gone through the game or not, but maybe you, this can help you where you are now you'll reach these pedestal things that you don't know how to interact with. Yes. Those little puzzles, those little, the little
2: like pad things. Have you before, been marking like those? The, like the, no, a uh, few of them. Like, like I noticed the bird goes and hovers over them every time I'm near one. So they yes. obviously are important.
0: So you, those are just puzzles to solve with. You don't get a power that solves them. Oh, you, you, fuck. yeah. It's not a thing that
2: activates <laughs> like, them. Okay. I've just been waiting for a power that would let me do something with those.
0: Yeah. So like you might not have the power you need to, to do the thing but it's not a power you get to activate them like you just have to solve the puzzle that's around it it might be like jump off these three one was like cut all the grass around it like it's that level of stuff and I hadn't been marking those because I was like oh I guess at some point these will be teleport pads or something like that And then I was really bummed out. I hadn't marked them because I have no idea where all of them are
2: on the map. That's kind of been my experience with the game broadly as well. Like I've kind of come to realize a lot of things later than I wish I had. Yeah. uh, Where, like I said, then you kind of don't want to backtrack and look for all that stuff again. It's a big map. It's it's big. I mean, it's not a bad thing necessarily, but it's kind of a lot.
0: It's big. And sometimes you have to re traverse jumping puzzles and stuff that are a pain in the neck. Like you did the pits the parts with the centipedes that go around and the like having to retraverse that area is like, I don't want to, I don't want to go back through this. This was, but I mean, it was fun, but like, I don't want to have to do this to go get a pickup, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like you open up a lot of shortcuts, but even sometimes the shortcuts are still timing based. The puzzle stuff where you're, my favorites are the ones where you are jumping puzzles. And Alex, I could see if you, this part is like, I don't want to fuck with this are the ones where you have to, use the um uh clone and then trigger a platform warp back to yourself to land on the thing jump off quickly like those are really fun to me they're like
2: I'm, i'm hitting those now and those are very satisfying
0: they're super fun and you know it feels like you're you're solving some jumping puzzle um they they also have time based ones that are um you make copies of yourself. I don't know if you've done yes, those. I've, I've done
2: all the mandatory ones, but I've got it okay. le- there's at least one optional one that I took one look at and like I started trying to solve it this morning and didn't sleep a lot last night. <laughs> I was like, I do not have the brain for this right okay. now.
0: Was but, that the one with the three levels yes, you're running for? Okay. You have like yeah.
2: thirty seconds per clone Yeah. That you have to I'm it, like, I do not have the capacity to leapfrog all these switches right now.
0: That one's intimidating, but I will say it's 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 easier than yeah, it I, sets out to I, be.
2: I could see you just need to be methodical about looking yeah. at which switches open which doors and, and running the thing, but yeah. Those are cool. Um, like, yeah, the, like the
0: game is really good. It's
2: it's cool that there's there's all that side stuff. There's like there's another puzzle that actually didn't have any analog in the main path that I've seen where there's like different statues and there's like a poem you read that's like the big statue faces east yes, and watches yes, the, blah, blah, the blah 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 dimensional claw. The medium oh I didn't oh, is that how you move those things? Oh yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure if I had it when I was there, or maybe I did. Okay. Um. It took me a while to figure out, like, what the hell how to interact with them. I and then I was like, Okay, I didn't realize that could interact with like background objects. I thought it was just enemies.
0: Yes. Yeah, so you p- you can pick them up, and that's what those um portal like barriers do in the game is they they clean out your dimensional rift. Yes.
2: Inventory. I've, I've noticed when you pass through those purple things, you just lose your thing.
0: And that's what clued me off to using it for that because there are like. I was like, why is this thing surrounded by I those see. things? And I was like, oh, probably so I can't get the statues out of here. That makes more sense. Yeah, there's a couple of unique things like that. There are some bugs in that game. I don't know if you've run into much or oh, any. Oh, really? But I, I haven't I've seen I've clipped much. through a couple of walls. Um, I've run into some things that I had one where I just had to lose some progress. I think I mentioned the last time. A couple of weird things here. I had one. I think, Brad, you're past this smart. When you fall into the pits after the betrayal, my screen was all black huh. with just text under it, and they didn't show any of those scenes. Oh, of, that happened
2: to me, too. Is that? Oh, it did. Okay. Oh, I thought that was an intentional. Like, they no. just decided to present it that way.
0: I watched my son do it. and I was like, oh, my God, there's like scenes coming up oh, that weird like, illustrations of you meeting uh, the whole team and the and being like, get this rat out of here. And there's like illustrations and stuff that happened. Do you,
2: do you hear the voiceover while it's happening? Yes. yes. Right. The, the, so yes. I, that same thing happened to me and I, th- I thought it was a weird creative choice, but I thought that it was long. I thought it was intentional.
0: No, there's there's a whole there are visuals in there that you just didn't get, which is like a bummer because they're it's not the end of the world, but they're cool. It's I like the art. I like the character designs in it. I uh, You know, I think we mentioned it last time. I think Alex, you said you know, it's like kind of a 2024 Xbox Live Arcade game, but like I, I like it, and yeah, yeah and I don't mean that as an insult. Well, like it art, just
1: feels like it's in that category of game that is like not a tr- giant triple A 3D you know style game, but it's an extremely well made one of those.
2: Yeah, like the like the art is good. I'd say the sort of like fidelity or amount of budget you see in the visuals <laughs> is relatively low. Yeah, um, yeah. but but artistically it's good. Also, I, I I have to cop to my my TV had gotten set on the wrong picture mode on that input. Uh, last week that made, was making the game look way extra drab. Oh, so okay. when I actually noticed that and put it back on game mode, like that, that game actually does look quite good. I I think it looks totally it's very fun. colorful.
0: Nope. I like the look of it. I do wish they had HDR. Yeah, I know HDR
2: like, is a weird choice in twenty twenty four.
0: Yeah, um, it, it would be nice because I feel like there are a lot of especially with the powers things that could pop really nicely and the art design. I, I really like. I I'll be curious. I hope you finish it, Brad. Yeah, I will. think it, it, will I think it ends it. strong.
2: It's it's awesome. I. I Trying to think, like, what was the last great Metroidvania that I played? I guess Metroid Dread.
0: That was pretty good. But yeah. I have,
2: but I have, I think I have way fewer reservations about this game than I did that one. Like, I liked that game a lot, but I had some issues with it. Like, this, You've this, got I don't. A couple of- like, now, now I just feel like an idiot, you know, saying, like, I don't love the bosses in this and not realizing I was supposed to be using that clone the whole time. But, like, you
0: should definitely try. Well, you would have gotten to a point where you would have gotten so frustrated. There are definitely bosses where. They will just destroy you. Like, I assume you have three or four health potions
2: at this point. Yeah, I got four. Uh, I've got like four seven segments and on the health bar now or something.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, like, you uh, in the back half post-constellation stuff, I was able to just brute force my way, through, like, uh, uh, attrition my way through the bosses because I just had enough health potions and health to take an attack and just keep going. But they do some damage. And any attack that I. Any attack I was like, this is impossible to dodge. I then started thinking, oh, I need to use that other thing. On. I need to use. Um, there's a couple where you got to use like four times in a row. Huh. It's like, nice. you know, because it stores your, did you use your double jump or not? Right. So there are some where you got to like jump. Don't use your double jump. Jeez. Jump. Use it. Go back to it. Double jump. Dash. Use it. Go back to stay off the ground. Uh, during that's, an attack like that, which is kind of cool like that, that's
2: how the platforming challenges are now where I'm at with the, that same thing of like you have to be efficient with use of abilities yeah, to save them but having to do that on the fly with a boss sounds like kind of a lot
0: it's like I don't know there's this, there's a, there's this boss um, there's this boss I won't say which one but makes basically um, the grid from Resident Evil or cubed or with lasers basically and you have to stay in a section of that you know it's a 2D game so you yeah. have to you have to be in that section and does it like three times in a row. So you're just constantly, you have to jump and be in the right spot when that thing happens. And it's like kind of cool. Like I, I like that. It does seem like each boss has one major dragon ball Z style attack that you can parry at the right point. Have you noticed that? Uh, Like the yellow ones, the here's
2: your big chunk of free damage ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Both of the last two I fought have had that.
0: Um, And like you kind of, you know, those are the ones like I got to hit that. Yeah. If I hit that, that's like a, yeah. that's like, you know, 20% of the health bar. Um, I guess. So keeping an eye out for those yeah. is good.
2: I, I should say the, I've, I've built for sword damage and also survivability. Okay. Like, Cause I'm also using, did you use the, like you get one free death and come back with health? Totally. One?
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, and the two and the extra pips at the tree I have. Yes. The extra health bar. pips. And
2: I almost exclusively use that healing f- field aura after rush. Like, that's pretty oh, okay, much what I yeah. use all of my Athra on is just extra healing on that thing. So I've actually, like, I've, I've got a lot of survivability is how I've been able to brute force some of those bosses
0: that I swap that out at some point for damage ones. Um, there's one that basically just lets you do, um, you like go super Saiyan and you get like uh, increased damage. Yeah, like so the I, after I three one. surges are, or you have to wait a while for them to come up, um, especially on a boss because you're not parrying as much and and that's tough. But yeah, the healing one, there is a, there is a weird thing where if you make it to the boss the first time, you probably have full athra surges. And then if you <laughs> reload, you have zero, yeah. which kind of sucks. Uh, and that can suck. But yeah, that game's awesome. I, it's, it's a banger. man. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: I, I, last week, like I said, I liked it, but I was looking at some of the reactions to it out there just going like, man, like really? Like it seems good, but like, yeah, I'm, i'm super on board with that now
0: yeah and yeah try out you've got a couple of more bosses at least two two ones with this constellation stuff try to use that um don't forget the dimensional claw which can suck up projectiles and and launch them back and the um the shadow version of yourself which comes in handy for dodging a lot of attacks because some of those attacks will wipe the screen uh you know it's cool it's cool. Those puzzles are devious too. Yeah. that's Prince of Persia of the lost crown. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about it next week if you finish it up, but, uh,
2: that's a good one. I really have enjoyed it yeah. so far. Yes. Like highly recommended. Like I'd saw, like I said, I saw people saying like, man, game of the year contender or like two weeks into <laughs> January. I'm like, come on really? But like I, it absolutely, I mean, not, I'm not saying it's going to be number one of the year, but this seems yeah. like easy top 10 material for a lot of people. Probably like it is, it is actually that good.
0: I wonder if they'll do DLC for it. I, mm. you know,
2: I don't know yeah I don't know
0: there is a story beat in it which is like you just drop this character man where where is this character that feels like they could but I don't know
2: yeah it's I don't know Metroidvania it's like tough to bolt a small area onto a big map you've already cleared without
0: Uh, especially if you're like what do you do with the powers and Mm -hmm. you know Uh, yeah so I guess we'll see all right we're gonna take a break we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk some news so uh, stick around And we are back, and you're listening to the Nextlander podcast, and it is time for the news. Brad, you've plucked out some of the biggest news here of the week. Where do you want to start?
2: Do we have a network? Are we part of a broadcasting network? Of course. Of course you're listening
0: to the Nextlander broadcasting family, or part of the Nextlander broadcast. There's three family.
2: of us. That's I, started, I don't know why the first thing that came to mind was the excellence in broadcasting network but fucking Uh, no
0: with an excellence there was nothing
2: excellent about that one
0: uh what do we got in the news this week
2: um let's see here indiana jones we know what we know what machine games indiana jones game looks like and is called indiana jones and the great circle yeah your thoughts on that as an indiana jones title i'm not so sure
1: It's not as flashy as the Atlantis or the last crusade or any of that stuff, but I mean, it seems to fit the MacGuffin that he's after this
2: time. Yeah, sure. Like when he, yeah, when he pulls the map out in the trailer and says they form a circle, Uh it's like, okay, fine. Sure. I see where that's going, but it doesn't really like, unlike something like fate of Atlantis, which Uh is like, okay, I hear the pulpy adventure serial aspect of that right off the bat. Temple of doom. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Last Crusade, sure. Yeah, I see. Um, what would you guys think of the gameplay they showed?
2: I think it looks okay. I think it I looks think okay it, as well. I think it, I it's think about it looks what decent. I was expecting. I think it looks decent. I'm coming out of those last two Wolfenstein games feeling like the gameplay was like the least interesting part of them. It was like the first person shooter part of those two Wolfenstein games they did was not my favorite.
0: I didn't mind him. I thought Uh, It was okay. It was okay. It was okay.
2: It was okay. But it was definitely not like, you know, not like a doom or something where the gameplay is the draw. No. uh, In the same way. Um, They did have okay stealth though. And actually this does seem to have like a fairly pronounced stealth component to it.
1: No, it was the gunplay that was not so good. Yeah. The the gunplay.
2: Yes. And also just like taking hits. I felt like the, like the legibility of, Oh my God, where am I getting shot from type stuff? Yeah. Um, Seems like seems like you have a lot of options to play this stealthy if you want. Yeah, uh, it for guns blaze.
0: We talked about this uh or I think I was messaging with people in the Discord about this. It's got some Riddick vibes to it. You know, between okay. the, the like first person fist to cuff combat and going sure. into third person for some other things like ladders okay. and things. I mean,
1: to be fair, a number of games have done things like that since then. But yes, I, 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 that is an immediate touchstone that I had when I was thinking about it as well. Look, Riddick, Chronicles of Riddick is a great game. It was a very influential game.
2: Yeah, okay. for sure. I, you know, it seems smart. You know, like you need your Tomb Raider, Uncharted style, like ancient ruins, puzzle solving type traversal stuff.
0: You want to see Indiana? You want to see yeah. the hat once in a while?
2: Yeah. You want to uh, see
1: stuff? Looks pretty goofy. It's a little noodly. Yeah. The what? The whip. The
2: whip stuff. Oh. Yeah, I wasn't clear, like, how free-form that is. Like, can you just kind of use it whenever?
1: It seems like there's a set number of attack-type things you can do with okay. it.
2: And it seems like you might be able to use it for traversal some yeah. as well. Like
1: yeah. Grapple point style. Yeah. There was one Wilhelm scream in that video. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. When some guy got hit by a whip. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Uh... Boy that Indiana Jones sure looks like Harrison Ford and sounds like Troy Baker.
1: <laughs> like, I'll give him this. It took me a second before <laughs> I had to say definitely that's not Harrison Ford. I needed like I needed multiple Same lines here. before it was like Let's, okay that's definitely not I, him. Yeah,
2: t- to be fair I knew going in so I'm sure that was coloring okay. coloring my impressions but you can definitely once you know you can definitely hear it.
0: Uh, yeah. I Definitely thought they, you know, when it started, I was like, "Mm, sound alike. I did not make it to full Troy Baker by the end. Uh,
1: But yeah, you are not getting Harrison Ford in a voice booth for that long. (laughs) Well,
2: also, he doesn't really sound like he did then either. Right. No. And
1: this is um, I also loved
0: uh, during this. They're like they show Indiana Jones is a franchise we all love, uh, from the first movie to the third. (laughs) Like they're basically like, uh, the three, the Indiana Jones trilogy, you know, they don't explicitly say it, but when they show the movies, they're like, you know, Ark of the covenant, uh, temple of doom and last crusade. And this one takes place between doom and crusade. Right. I think. Correct. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Temple of doom, a prequel. Prequel. No. No. Where's of doom set.
0: In the middle. Yeah. I think, Oh,
2: why did they not put that on the timeline? then? (laughs) I th- I thought they did, didn't they? I thought I thought they showed like Raiders this game, and then Last Crusade on the timeline, and kind of omitted Temple of Doom, but maybe not.
0: I have to look at it again. I thought it, I thought it was yeah, sorry, Raiders, not Ark of the Covenant. Um,
1: yeah, I was I, thought Temple of Doom just sat between oh, them. Yes, yeah. I am.
2: I am looking at it. It is that. It's okay. Raiders, Great Circle, Last Crusade. <laughs> nowhere nowhere uh, is Temple of Doom to be found.
1: You know, look, I'm going to we- say right now, just based on the story they are presenting, they are de-emphasizing maybe <laughs> the events of Temple of Doom. <laughs> Um Temple of Doom, while part of the trilogy, not my favorite Indiana Jones. Listen, say. you didn't hire Machine Games because you want indie fighting another stereotypical death cult. <laughs> you wanted them because they're the Nazi punching and shooting mm, yeah. team.
2: Yes. Of
1: course. Uh I, yeah, I, I look forward to it. I,
0: As an Indiana Jones game, I don't know what I'd want. Like, Indiana doesn't necessarily mow people down. He punches people.
1: There's some whip stuff. Punches them through walls. Sometimes they fall off cliffs. That's basically it.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, Uncharted... Nathan Drake is basically has been an Indiana Jones in video game form for a while. I mean, maybe a little more on his murder spree than Indiana well, ever that's was. In the he's movies. modern
1: in that way. Yeah. He's the modern version of Indian That he is also just a psychopathic murderer.
0: <laughs> but you know, Indiana kind of a rogue, right? Like, he yeah. gets, I I think he's clever. He's obviously an academic, but he gets by on his uh, charm and luck. His roguish charm, yes. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how it all all plays out. Uh, but I, I'm looking forward to it. Fun yeah. fun showing.
1: It hey. did not show me anything that was surprising really, but I feel like it, it I came away from that. Be like, Okay, yeah, I could play that.
0: Hmm.
2: I, I, I don't have any particular affinity for Indiana Jones, but I'm glad a big budget Indiana Jones game finally getting made after that one in like 2007 got canceled. Remember that? No, mm-hmm.
0: I don't, I don't remember, remember
2: that. Remember when Indiana Jones was like the big euphoria physics demo that LucasArts did? Oh, like after the 360 came out, they were like, look what we can do with physics. Now here's Indiana Jones. We're making this new game. And then they never, did.
0: was that pre like star Wars force unleashed?
2: Like, um, that would have been around the same time. Actually. Okay. Um, That's funny.
0: Oh, I just saw the part where it's Raiders to Last Crusade, yes, and they Mm -hmm. omit. I was talking more, I think they showed slides of their favorite movies, and I think they stopped showing them after Last Crusade and just did not mention Crystal Skull, or was it Wheel of Time, or Wheel of, Disc of Fate, the the last one they did? Oh, Dial of Destiny? Dial of Destiny, Destiny, yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't think I would even know how to talk to someone who Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was their favorite one. Like, I would not know what to say to you.
2: I, I don't know, man. The prequels got rehabilitated. Uh-huh. I'm going to say, give it another five uh-huh. years or so. My favorite I'm indie. not
1: saying that I can't sit there and listen to an argument rehabilitating it. I'm saying I can't understand the mentality of someone who says it's their favorite. Favorite. Um. Yeah. Look, Last Crusade is the best
0: in Jones. Maybe I'll hear an argument for, um, uh, I keep wanting to say Ark of the Covenant, Raiders of the Lost yeah. Ark. It's uh, Last Crusade. It's totally Last Crusade. Last Crusade. I, and, and there are Last Crusade people who will be like, that movie's too goofy. It's not a good that's Indiana fine. Jones
1: movie. There's Raiders right there for you. Yeah. That's a that's like number one and a half.
0: And I, I listen, I allow room in my life for people to be wrong. It's okay. Yeah.
1: They can be wrong. People um, are wrong around me
0: all the time. <laughs> most everybody is. Just constantly wrong. uh Brad, did you want to talk about Avowed as well? This is uh yeah. not not Elder Scrolls. Um uh, fantasy going out
2: there, popping yes. things on the head. Yes. They showed, they showed, I guess this is by far the most that they have shown of a so far. Like, I don't cool. think they
1: had shown very much at all.
2: Yeah, there had been like a sizzle trailer at E3 or fake mm. E3 last year. That was just kind of a montage of some gameplay, but this was yeah. the first time they've like shown extended actual gameplay. Um, and this is obsidian, um, obsidian. It's, it's the Pillars of Eternity universe, right?
0: I think that's Isn't what that, people were saying. I didn't realize that, but that's what people were saying. I forget the name of the universe. Um,
2: the Living Lands is what they call this, okay. and like this is where this game is set. I don't know if that is the whole Pillars universe or not. Uh, um, but That looks good. I think it looks kind of exactly like what you would expect a Skyrim-like to look like. Yeah. Um, didn't
1: do a lot for me, I gotta be honest. I'm with you. It did not...
0: Uh, I, there's something about that Skyrim ish combat. It's like, I I hate to just keep saying Skyrim or Elder Scrolls, but that, like, kind of spongy hit people with the swords kind of combat that's been around in the Elder Scrolls game for a long time. But maybe the magic systems will be more fun.
2: Magic looks kind of cool. I mean, first person melee is just hard to do well. Yeah. In general. Um, Like that, that you know, like the rooting enemies in place spell and stuff like that, I thought looked kind of cool. They seem to be just like emphasizing combat diversity more than Skyrim. You know, they were just like, hey, you can yeah. do wield pistols and then switch to like a wand and a sword or, you know, like like the, kind of mixing it up combat wise seemed like a big focus here.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm not hating on it. I just, I'm just kind of with you, Alex. It didn't really do much for me. Just kind of. Yeah. I mean, I mean not on, that
1: I went in with a lot of expectation. It was more of just like I, I just did not feel very much for it while it was being displayed to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of with you. Like, I didn't jump out of my chair wanting to play it, but I'll check it out for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, like like anything, any game like this, it's just gonna live and die by its like writing and quest design and combat.
0: Yeah, that one quest, that one quest they had with the the guy, this the guard or whatever that they showed. Mm-hmm. I thought that
1: delivery was a little weird. It's from, you're showing what is basically an arc. Type of quest in this sort of game like there isn't really anything there that doesn't feel like it you've seen this in a bunch of other like first person rpg type things like this
2: yeah for sure um, um yeah, i your key art that yeah, skeleton I, dude yes, with the sword that skeleton <laughs> set the internet on fire
0: oh yeah i like it whoever
2: it's... whoever whoever did that piece of art was having a very good day <laughs> <laughs>
0: i know i really like that thing
2: um, I, 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 do think it looks nice. I think the environment design and just graphical fidelity, etc., look pretty nice for it. So yeah, I guess the other big question to me is like, this is obsidian just like outer worlds was mm-hmm. where outer worlds was their stab at a fallout like game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that game ended up being like way smaller scope than a fallout. And I wonder if this is a similar thing where it's got, you know, this has got the appearance and trappings of an elder scrolls, but the actual world and like the, just the scope of it is a lot more constrained, which is not necessarily the worst thing in the world
0: no i you know i i'd take it you know like look I, i'm into focused games at this point in my life there are room for big sprawling games but there's absolutely a place in my heart for a very focused don't overstay your welcome game yeah.
2: yeah yeah i like i I fell off of outer worlds but not because of like the size or scope of it i thought that it felt perfectly big enough yeah
0: um hey brad while we're while we're here what, what was the, um you're probably the the one to uh talk about this but the mana game like oh I where, actually
2: totally glossed over that.
1: What where does that fit and everything? What what's going on? Okay. I, I think know. that making a proper new big mana game is kind of a big deal, isn't
2: it? I yeah, thought they I, hadn't
1: really done much of those. Well they, they,
2: they did trials of mana in what was that? Twenty twenty is when that came out. Oh, okay. okay. So it
1: hasn't been that long.
2: Um but that was a smaller scale thing for sure. Okay. Uh, This is this is a much more big budget looking thing from what I can tell.
0: Okay, I I really don't know much like where the Mana series has gone. Yeah, me either. And so, Vision Visions of Mana, I think that's the name of it, right? Yes, that is. Um, Yeah, I wasn't sure if like this is a showstopper or what or where this fits.
2: Well, I don't know. They're calling they're they're calling this the first new mainline entry in the series in over fifteen years. Okay, I mean that seems like a pretty big deal. Was Trials of Mana not an all new game? I could be wrong.
1: Or it could just like be by it being a smaller scale oh. thing. Maybe it's more of like a side
2: story. Oh right, I completely forgot what that was. That that was a remake of three. Oh okay, three being the Super Nintendo one that never came out over here back in the okay. day. Okay, I totally forgot that was just a remake. So yes, this is actually a uh, this is a bigger deal for that reason. Then
0: okay, uh, and then Alex, the uh, uh, if you like Civ, I do. Ah, uh, game for you. <laughs> That, you almost you know, got there. You like, like thing, that close. Are you ready for a? a <sighs> I
1: I am? I yeah, am. This game looks cool. So, I mean, you know, short biographical thing on me, Civ Five is my first Civ. And that is inevitably the one that I think you end up playing either the most of or just ha- looms largest in your memory sort Of the Mario Kart alpha theory, but for 4X games. Oh, like Indiana Jones movies. Like, if you see yeah. the
2: Crystal Skull, then that, totally. that's your favorite that's
1: one. Not, that, Automatically, yeah. it's your favorite.
2: I, f- I feel like I remember Civ 5 being really well received generally, yeah. though.
1: I think it was a good one. There were some people who found it, like the divergences it made from 4, like kind of intolerable, but those are like the most hardcore nerd people. Mm-hmm. And I was definitely not that when I picked up 5. 5 is amazing. I think 5 is fucking great. 6 is also really good, but there are things about 5 that I do genuinely kind of miss. This is a bunch of people who made 5.
2: <laughs> oh. Oh, I didn't realize there was actual veterans of 5 on this.
1: They say that at the beginning of their presentation. Okay. They're like, we worked on Civ 5.
2: Oh, well, there you go.
1: At least the founders of the studio did.
2: Especially because, like, I just looked it up. Has it really been eight years since Civ 6?
1: Yes, they have put out a fair amount of content for that game in the ensuing years, um, but that is the last time they made a full sequel.
2: Yeah, fraxus seems like they've been busy with other stuff, so maybe there's not on Civ 7 anytime soon, so maybe this thing is well positioned. So this is Aura history untold,
0: and it very much looks like a Civ modernized, with some with some different takes. I, so I guess approaches, I think, to yeah. like
1: things like units, uh, it seems like they're going for more sprawling cities than kind of the sort of condensed into the hex stuff that you see in a lot in Civ. Um, and they really emphasize the fact that it's like yo when you're taking a turn everyone's yeah. taking a turn you don't have to wait as long i
0: well, i'm really curious i i'm sure there's like a developer interview that clarifies it uh, do you think you do your turn and then everybody just moves uh, is that how that just works simultaneously like, yeah like like you hit you hit you hit commit or whatever and then everything just happens
1: I yeah, I imagine it probably still takes a little bit of time for everyone's moves to play out. But yeah. it seems like the thing they have done is layered everything on top at once instead of going one yeah. by one by one.
0: Sequential, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be like I'll be really curious to see how that all works out in position. Apparently for multi-threading
1: combat. has gotten pretty good, even at the baseline. <laughs> if they're if that's the kind of thing they're shooting for. But you know, like in a sieve, you're
0: reacting right to yeah. what the other players do. So in that case, are you are people going to be or the AI, I assume it's single player. I'm saying Presumably, that, yes. But, um, with the simultaneous turns, are units going to be moving past each other in ways that, because you're trying to position where the unit, you thought the unit was going to be, you know? Couldn't say. I yeah. mean, it's
1: not, they don't go into like elaborate detail. In At this, least in this know, video. Yeah. This condensed presentation that's about the the whole of the game. But like the bit they t- touch on, has very much that same feel of like Sony talking about, no, look, we're loading off <laughs> SSDs now. Like this shit is just gone.
0: That's cool. I am. Uh, yeah, that that looked really interesting, and the people making it seem to be way
1: into Civ stuff, or like that grand strategy games. Like, and to be honest, like in, with few exceptions, a lot of the other things that have tried to take on Civ in recent memory have just not hit as much, nearly as much. Like, Humankind did yes. almost nothing for
2: me. That's the one I was trying to think of. Who was that? Is that the endless uh, space, Endless Dungeon Studio, wasn't it?
1: It might have been. I forget. It's been long enough since I, I booted up. But I did kind of like Old World, which was the one from uh Soren Johnson, mm. like and his team. Like that I thought it, that was a much smaller scale thing compared to like a big Civ game, but like what it did with its, you know, lines of secession and things like that, the little dusting of uh a uh, Crusader Kings they put in there, I thought was like a neat novel spin
2: on it. That was um, the one it, that Used to be called Ten Crowns, right? That was the one that was originally,
1: which was a better name. I'm still going to yes, say right now. Old World sure. did not hit the same way for me.
0: Uh, yeah. So v- very curious to see what happens there. And then uh, I guess not to be left out, uh, Hellblade 2. Uh, yeah. showed, and that looked
2: great. Got a date. May yeah. 21st, finally. <laughs> Feels like they've been talking about this game for five years. I think they have they, been.
1: They may have. Yeah. I think they have been. Um,
0: um, yeah, showed well, I thought. And, yeah. they address, yeah. and they talk about the combat and addressing that because the combat in the first one was not my favorite thing. Not really the draw. Yeah.
1: Uh,
2: yeah, I actually I actually skipped the presentation for this because I just want to play it like I kind of got tired of them showing so much of it because <laughs> it's going to be a very linear experience probably. And like, the more they show of it, the less you're, is going to be new when it comes out. And I think they came. I don't know if this came out of here. Or maybe in an interview or somewhere else in some write-up or something, but they talked about the length of the game being similar to the first one, which got a bunch of people going, like like uh, some number of people I think were pinning way bigger hopes on this game than mm. it deserved. Because uh, they said, because the first game was like eight hours, maybe, you know? Yeah, roughly. First game, the, the first game was a very small scale and short contained story. And so I think some people were taken aback when they heard like, hey, this is also going to be fairly short and not... Uh, not some giant sprawling open world thing, you know?
1: I think that's, like, the the nature of the amount of time it has taken for them to really get this thing out in front of people. Like, I think people just started building a lot of things in their head around that.
2: Yeah, and they were showing that. That was, like, one of the early Series X, like, tech demo showpieces, you know? They were like, look at what we're doing on our new console.
0: Uh, to be fair, this looks amazing.
2: Yeah, yes, yeah, so it looks yeah. very. I mean, that's another reason. Maybe they sh- people shouldn't be surprised if it's relatively short because look how good every bit of it looks the the, the facial capture takes.
1: stuff looks great, like the performance capture, it all, and it's not just the fidelity. Like there's some like really interesting like creature and world like like mm. background design stuff. Like it has, it feels. I mean, look, it has that same very grim Viking ass, you know, mythology stuff going on, but like it's doing it in a way that I think is distinctive and interesting looking.
2: Yeah, I, I'm just curious to see what they do with it, because the first game was such a like personal story about you know, trauma and mental illness and sanity and so forth, that kind of reaches a very natural conclusion. Like The game did not feel like it was would, would get a sequel when mm. I finished mm-hmm. it. Like, it felt like, okay, that was an interesting game that was tell- that had a story to tell, and they did it, and it's over. So I'm curious, like, what directions they decide to go with this.
1: Nothing is allowed to not have a sequel anymore, especially yeah, if it does well.
2: Fair. Uh...
1: uh yeah,
0: well, I mean, well, you'll find that in May.
2: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, actually, we should point out like all of these games are this year games, actually.
0: That's what they say.
2: Uh, fall for Avowed, May 21st for Hellblade, Summer for Visions of Mana, Fall uh, for Aura, and I think Indiana Jones is just this year. That's
0: what they say.
2: But there's not a lot of confirmed games for this year so far <laughs> if you look at release lists. So, mm-hmm. it's nice to see some gaps getting filled in.
1: Yeah, we still don't really know anything about what Nintendo's schedule is going to look like for the rest of this year, do we?
2: No, I mean, particularly in light of... uh, Well, there's the Princess Peach game. Yeah. I mean, primarily in light of all the rumors say the Switch 2 is coming out this year. (laughs) Which is fucking weird to say. Yeah. Like, hey, by the way, we might have a new Switch in six or eight months. So, honestly, we have, like, no idea what Nintendo would be doing. Because anything major they've got, they're probably holding back for that announcement, right? Because presumably... One would hope they have been making some new games to launch with a new switch.
0: One would hope. Uh, maybe, uh hey, maybe they'll do some like Pokemon esque thing with oh. like, um, uh, like you know, you, your pal- Poke pals like and you Pokemon, know, run around
2: but, and Pokemon, but like more crafting, you know, more, maybe like, like a eating, little more crafting and like food. Uh,
0: maybe cooking, like like cooking with the Pokemon or like cooking the Pokemon mm-hmm. or
1: you know
2: shooting the Pokemon but that's maybe, a great
1: idea but you uh, know what I'm gonna make it better what if instead of shooting the Pokemon the Pokemon shot each other what if we just gave the Pokemon guns
0: let's just do both let's just do both sure let's, I want a gun <laughs> Did Pokemon want a gun. Nah, it'll
1: never work <laughs> it'll never work it'll never
0: sell like hotcakes what the hell are we doing what happened world man to head. Brad what's going but,
2: on with pal world which I feel like the story here is just like a ah, power world <laughs>
0: What
1: happened? (laughs) Nobody knows what to do about Pal World. Did we just like, did a new Among Us just drop on our heads again?
2: (laughs) Yeah, dude, what in the, like, Lethal Company was huge, you know? Like, I thought Lethal Company, I mean, it kind of was like a new Among Us, but this is like a scale that I have never seen before.
1: This is something else.
2: Uh, They've sold, I think as of this morning, their past 7 million copies since Friday.
0: That's bananas. And the thing is on Game Pass.
2: Yes, yes, Then and that's 7 million sales, like, monetized transactions on Steam. That's not even counting Game Pass downloads, apparently.
1: Uh, and not without its controversy. Yeah. Some real, some imagined.
2: Yeah, like, <laughs> how much is that, there's actual validity to remains to be seen.
1: I'll just say, like, at the top here, the one that I, was driving me absolutely crazy was the accusations thrown at this game of having AI assets, because... Everyone, like as soon as that discourse started, I kept looking around trying to figure out where it was coming from. Mm. And it just felt like someone took the, the CEO of this company's comments about AI in the past and then, you know, wished them upon this product that came out with no actual evidence that like AI assets were used. Yeah. And that really just fucking drives me up a wall because there are very real things yeah. about that stuff to be annoyed about. We don't need to invent this stuff for thing for, for games that don't obviously definitively have it.
2: Yeah. Like let's, let's, let's please not do this. I mean, there are plenty of reasons to be skeptical about AI use in games production. And we're going to be confronting a lot more of those over time very soon. Yes. Yeah. Like it does, it does nobody any favors even, or especially the people who are skeptical about that stuff to go around and like start creating boogeymen that don't exist. And
0: you know, look, there might be stuff that comes out later, but I think you need that evidence first.
1: Yeah, yeah because, you need to know yeah, is yeah. the thing.
2: Or, 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 I mean, what really got to me was seeing the people who were just, the level of certainty, people just going around going like, I can't believe streamers yeah. are promoting this AI-generated trash. It's like, okay, you can't just go say... Citation <laughs> right, needed. You cannot just go say this is AI-generated trash when nobody actually knows that it is. Like, that's yeah. just a level of misinformation that is not helping anybody.
0: But then stuff that does seem look this game looks like Pokemon they have said that they're inspired by Pokemon there are some uh, allegations there that they have gone and lifted straight models or at least Assets. done done some asset
2: very close
0: tracing remodeling I don't know the and there are there are Battles and allegations out there, which do seem to have more validity. I, again, I'm not saying they're true, but um, they people are trying to figure out... Boy, people hate this game. People obviously love this game. This
1: is a... People love a Pokemon. People don't want to see Pokemon eaten. I don't know if this stuff is, is accurate or true, yeah. but what the one thing I can say is that someone at least tried to present evidence of this one. And right. so now it's, now you have to try and figure out if that is a, evidence is accurate or not. It's something to go on at least.
2: Yeah. I mean, okay. The one thing that anybody with two eyes and a brain can say with certainty about this game is that these designs are lifted very shamelessly from Pokemon. Yeah, like we absolutely. don't need, we don't need model comparisons in blender or whatever to say. <laughs> yes. A bunch of yeah. these monsters look f- almost identical to a bunch of Pokemon. Like, okay. And, you, you know, everybody can decide for themselves how skeezy they find that. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, we don't really seem to know much of anything. Absolutely. No. definitively.
0: But people are, you know, look, there are internet detectives out there trying to make the case that this is beyond inspiration. I think for my part, my commentary, my internet commentary is that okay, but like Nintendo is not afraid of going after people like yeah. you, you don't really have to defend Nintendo on this one. Like stand down. Nintendo's gonna
2: I take it.
1: Their lawyers are on the <laughs> case.
2: Like one of if not the most litigious companies <laughs> in the games industry. Yeah. Yeah, like have yeah, like- seen what they did to that guy selling Switch mod <laughs> chips.
0: Yeah, like, I think they also already sent the thing to somebody who tried to make a Pokemon mod for this, right? Like, they have, uh, they they are, I assume, aware of the situation and have their best people on it. I'm surprised the Digimon people still have kneecaps, honestly. (laughs) Like, I don't think they're like, you know, this adds a good, you know, diversity in the
1: marketplace for... Pokepets. No, that's not that. They don't care about that. That is not a thing that they are concerned with in the slightest.
2: Um, I mean, you know, I guess Pokemon is slightly a weird one because they're not just Nintendo, you know, it's also also Game Freak slash the Pokemon company there as owners, but still, it's such a cash cow. Like if this is truly, I mean, if there's anything actionable here, you can assume they are going to address it. Uh,
0: There's, um, so I haven't played the game yet. Um, you know, I I probably will jump into it just check it out. It's on Game Pass. Um, yeah, I've I wasn't it. really it wasn't really on my radar that much aside from the Pokemon. I'm gonna use what everybody calls it, the Pokemon Play. with guns game, because that's what we saw during yes. the presentation
2: stuff. It's really it's really just the first screenshot on the Steam page, right? Like that's what it is. It's that <laughs> shot of those three fluffy little sheep Pokemon looking things with with machine guns behind sandbags. Uh uh-huh. like, Yeah. Like that image is what sells this game. Is, hey, it's the pocket monsters you know and love going to fucking war. And, you know, I'm not necessarily
0: defending this game nor Nintendo, but I will say, when I showed this trailer to my children, there was marketplace confusion (laughs) because they were like, wait, is this not Pokemon? Is it? Wait, oh, Wait, that person just has a gun and is shooting a Pokemon. Is this a shooter? What is happening? I'm very confused. and I, I, so
1: I'm just gonna say a case could probably be made for marketplace confusion in in like, I, well, congratulations on your children now having to give a despot deposition in open court.
2: <laughs> these, look, look, these are not monsters. they are pals. Monsters uh-huh. are mean. Pals are friendly. So you totally oh, different. okay. Even if the pals have AK-47s. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah. I, uh, it's a thing, man. It's yeah, a, there's, I, there's not that much that ever happens that sweeps up. Look, CNN's writing articles about this thing, right? It's,
2: like, it's insane. Like, I cannot, I feel like, I mean, taking a step back, I feel like society is losing its collective mind generally. So uh-huh. oh, yeah, maybe this is just downstream of that. In fact, I am actually quite convinced it largely is. Um. <laughs> But I've, I've, man, I cannot remember the last time like video game comes out and sells copies was this big of a firestorm. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, look,
0: again, I think you got a real mixture here. Pokemon and Pokemon fans can be very passionate and dedicated so yeah. slightly. Oh. No. I mean,
2: you know, this is, you know, I, I acknowledge I'm waiting into like, you know, regurgitating discourse here, but I have to because I'm, I'm not a Pokemon fan and I'm not in that community, but the gist or the, the, the vibe I get is most of those people are actually mad. This game is better than Pokemon. <laughs> it's not that they're like, I mean, some people definitely are like trying to defend the honor of the franchise or whatever. Uh-huh. A lot of people I have like, and this has become much more clear to me. Like, a lot of people are very unhappy with the state of the last few Pokemon games. Oh, yeah. And are very bitter, apparently, that, like, knockoff, like, shitty knockoffs are coming out and being way better than those games. I mean, it's a
0: very different
2: game. Yeah, even though it's a very different game. But,
0: Uh, like, there uh, are just
2: so many, like, layers to why people seem to be mad about this thing.
0: We should also mention um, Pocket Pair, which is the, I guess, the developer of the game has claimed that Palworld has cleared legal reviews and that there's been no action taken against it by other companies, according to uh, an interview they did with uh, Automation uh, in Japanese. That is of the time of this recording, which is, you know, January 24th. This thing seems to have a new story go up every 30 minutes.
1: I don't know a lot about Japanese trademark or copyright law, but... I will say I, I gathered a little bit of splashback knowledge just from my importing of Japanese wrestling games a lot over the years. Mm. And the thing is, those games would often just create models that looked exactly like real-life wrestlers that they did not license, and all they had to do was change the name, and they could release the product there without problem.
0: I will. Uh, I will piggyback on that comment and say my relationship with that is from third-party Transformers who uh-huh. you put out an Optimus Prime and just name him Big Red Truck and look, you're probably going to run into some kind of problems, but those third-party Transformers still seem to be coming out on the regular.
1: So, yeah, uh, I also don't know much about. Jeff I think there are though. some nuances in there that probably yeah. have to be taken into account, but you know, I don't know them necessarily. Yeah,
2: like, everything about this is just like comical on some level. Like they, the company themselves came out and talked about how basically unprepared they were to make a game like this. Did you see mm. this stuff? Like, I, I
0: like I've seen a lot of stuff. I are, don't know if the-
2: all of the pal concepts, the Pokemon, the knockoff Pokemon's were done by a single graduate student, according to them, for example. Okay. Also, they had basically, they essentially had no animation staff. Like they did not have animators, prior to making like starting on this game and like their previous games have basically been made out of off the shelf assets that they purchased. Okay. Like they just were like barely a full game developer before they took this on and they have now made a couple hundred million dollars off of this thing.
0: The world wanted to eat a Pokemon. That's just, you know, apparently we weren't ready for it. Hey, look, the things we can say and you don't have to hear it from us. People listening to this know this already, but tell a friend no death threats no no oh, like for har- sakes, no. No, no harassing the, the the developers and stuff like that they shouldn't have to come out and say like hey stop doing this Like we all know like yeah. people listening to this also know that stuff's messed up
1: yeah and again if stuff comes out about the ai or the asset theft and there's like real evidence of it then yeah that's a story that's a thing you can talk about but at this point it just feels like there's so much conjecture going around
2: yeah i mean look this company seems kind of shady.
1: I don't doubt <laughs> like, that for a if, second.
2: Like if you Google, Google Nevergrave is another game that they have in the works. Or actually, I should just show you. I should we should just do a side by side. Tell me which one is Nevergrave and which one is Hollow Knight. Because <laughs> oh like some of the screenshots of this game are like, if you didn't look closely at the main character, it's just kind of Hollow Knight. It's uh, a game that's out or in. No, they're there. This one is also still in production. Okay. Like it is, it is shameless. Like much in the same. It's way very that, similar. Much in the same way that uh, Pal World is fairly shameless. I am not
1: speaking out on behalf of this studio or <laughs> you know vouching for it in any way. I'm just saying let's not pull the cart before the horse.
2: Yeah, I mean let's 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 at least like try to still continue to be accurate in the things we're saying about a yeah, thing.
1: Exactly. That's pretty Hollow Knight.
2: Uh, it is pretty Hollow Knight. I'm player, not gonna though. lie.
0: It's Hollow Knight was never four player, was it?
2: I don't think so. Look, you add, for, you add some
0: co-op to Hollow Knight. Maybe you get another situation where people are wanted, always wanted to just shoot a Pokemon. Always just wanted to play
1: Hollow Knight with four people. I don't know. Look, man, Silk Song is already way overdue. Don't add more to their plate. I, uh,
2: speaking of not adding more things to things, I have been thinking for a while that I should really go play Hollow Knight at some point. Hollow
0: Knight's a great game. It's fun. Had, well, okay, on the heels know. of your, uh, your Metroidvania, yes. mm-hmm. yeah, even before,
2: even before Prince of Persia, but also, especially after I've had hollow Knight installed on like three platforms for a while. Mm. Anyway,
0: well, the saga of pal world were will probably continue. Will we see a lawsuit by Nintendo? I don't know. Will actual evidence of AI stuff come out? I don't know. Maybe, but right now, boy, what a thing. What a, what a weird weird thing yeah um moving on from pal world uh into 2024 2025 and a little backtracking in 2023 brad how do all these years tie together
2: they're all bad
0: (laughs) okay Uh uh-huh let's tie them uh uh, what we got going on in 2023 let's start there
2: um Well, so this is all kind of spawning. Well, actually, there's a lot going on, but primarily from this gamesindustry.biz piece that went up, where they anonymously talked to some, you know, luminaries, important figures in the games industry. They don't say exactly. You know, this is the kind of thing where they identify roles, but not certainly not names. Mm. Like, for example, they'll say, hey, these quotes are from a CEO of a publicly traded company. Mm -hmm. So you can... You can assume, or that this person is the head of a publisher, so you can assume these are pretty high-level people. Uh, the picture is not pleasant. For
0: 2024.
2: Yes, the picture they paint for this year is grim. Uh, the, the the CEO of the public company that I mentioned, if 2023 was the year of layoffs, 2024 will be the year of closures.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Not just developers, but publishers, media, service companies. There are just too many unprofitable businesses and video games. We're looking at up to two years of pain. Ugh.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of the sentiment throughout um of Yeah. Of there was layoffs, there was trying to make the books make sense, but people are just not getting funding. The the money's not coming through. And that yeah. will looks
1: like to a lot of these people quoted in this article that studios will be closing
0: yeah. in twenty twenty four.
1: Yes. And possibly publishers and possibly any number of, you know, like outsourcing studios and things where it's just like, you know, the, th- the, the things that were sustaining them are just drying up.
2: Um, there's a quote in here from that publisher head who, that I actually was talking to a friend who has been working in game development for a while and has dealt with funding stuff, who has said the same thing privately to me recently. You can already see publishers signing fewer games. That's happening everywhere. Like the, like funding has dried up. I mean, you you can see this all over Twitter as well. Of course, people talk publicly about this stuff all the time, but like publishing deals are much fewer and further between than they were There is way, way less money around to make a new game with.
0: I I will say just the tone of this article does end on, I mean, this is not going to be encouraging for people who are going to lose their jobs, but they do say the video game industry in this article, in this game industry biz article is a healthy industry um they they kind of say i think it's the ceo of quote public company says that um you know they believe a i think it's something like a wiser maybe leaner video game industry will come out the other side of this but maybe not the collapse of the video game industry which are not comforting words to the many people whose jobs may be at risk during this um i also say crisis that it feels like the industry is kind of going through right now i don't know how you
1: can I don't know how you can call it healthy. Then I mean, it's I, I understand what he's saying. That he's saying that you know pro- there there will be a point where product will come out at a more sustainable rate, and that you know there will there will be a time through this, but like right now, it seems like if it's anything but healthy. Like I understand that healthy sales. is my are word. Probably, I think yeah. sol-
0: solid, uh, s- uh, built on a very solid foundation. I don't want to misquote. Uh, is it though? Well. I don't know. I don't know. These
1: aren't my words. I don't know. These are... That's the I, thi- I, you know. I'm not questioning you, Vinny. I'm just saying, like, for him, it, it, and for, for anyone thinking that, I just... I, I don't know how you can say that a, like an industry, which is very much its own workforce, where that is shedding those people at the rate that we currently are. Like, again, the thing we said last year, that we... the refrain we, we used often was, it was a good year for product. Mm-hmm. The products were good. There were a lot of them. The quality was high. But that's the thing: is sales are high, but none of these companies are sustaining themselves the way they used to, despite the money still being there. So that does not speak to health to me.
0: Yeah, and again, health—my word. Yeah. I don't want to misquote there. Okay, S- solid. I think was solid foundation. I agree. I-, I don't know. I this feels like a moment that I don't recall from the games industry in the last twenty years. This feels yeah. like a a point of adjustment. And be it overreach. I don't know. That's been a lot of talk about that overextension, right? Like over, yeah. uh, over evaluating the market, under evaluating the contraction that would happen. High inflation. You got a confluence of a lot of things. But whatever comes out in twenty twenty five and beyond from this, I think will be a different model for a lot of companies. It'll and have publishers. to be. Yeah. And and you have you know, I think different than a lot of years you will have talent ready to go. There are a lot of very talented people who will be without jobs. So, I don't know if this will be a smaller studio thing or
1: what going on that, in the that, industry. That's the thing I'm actually worried about is that I don't think that talent will be there 2 years from now. If you're losing your job now, like those people don't wait around. Like they have to go find other jobs. They have to find other industries like
0: I'm not saying they're on hold. I mean, like, do we get smaller studios popping up of people trying to figure this out again? I have no idea. Or maybe they maybe they abandon that
1: dream of being in the games industry and go somewhere else. You know, that's 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 the thing is I I think that's probably more likely what's going to happen more often than not, because to start those small projects, you still have to have seed funding.
2: Yeah. And And a lot of the not there now.
1: And it's not there though, And it's not like the, a lot of these people that are being shed. I mean, some of them are very senior, but a lot of the people that are being let go of now mm-hmm. are people who haven't necessarily been working for decades in this industry. People who came in and, you know, got their first or second totally. kind of tentative jobs in this in this business and now are, you know, like forced to figure out what to do next, because right now the openings aren't there. There's nowhere for them to go at the moment. Right, and you get a flooded market of a
0: bunch of other people also looking for jobs. No, it's terrible. It's, it's and like I think a,
1: it's going to be a talent drain. Honestly, like I think that people that would have had the chance to develop and like build, you know, bigger careers and create stuff be outside the scope of you know early industry jobs just won't get that experience because they won't have time to wait for openings to come back.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be. I think twenty twenty four is going to be. A very tough one and we'll probably see more consolidation too as these companies are on the verge of developer wise and publisher wise on their last penny right like somebody's yeah. probably going to scoop in maybe or maybe people are done even scoop, swooping up uh, stuff because the money's not
2: there yeah I would I would guess like big M&A stuff mergers and acquisitions maybe not because down a, a huge spend I, I wonder if you could see something like a fire sale of IP from something like an embracer Yeah, because they've got a bajillion different intellectual properties and they probably need money.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, So maybe maybe some properties get shuffled around or something.
0: Uh, An opinion piece also on games industry is uh, 2025 could very well be the best year in video game sales to date Uh, that I think in that opinion piece. The uh, the kind of argument there is with Grand Theft Auto and the switch, the new switch. Sales wise uh, could see a spike again in moving, m- moving product.
2: Yeah. Just weird. Kind
0: of just a weird time.
2: Similar, yeah. similar to the way movies seem to have gone over the last decade, more money than ever going into fewer and fewer properties than ever.
0: Yes. Big, right? big, giant Grand Theft Auto size things. Not a lot in the middle. And then maybe some smaller stuff out
1: there. Yeah
0: is probably what probably what that looks like, right? Yeah. Uh I I don't know. I think th- again, this feels like we've been around for a while. This feels like to me, feels like the shakiest time for
1: it is. for development. Definitively. Like we've seen studios, publishers, you know, all kinds of companies close over the years. We've seen rounds of layoffs many times over And it has never been like this, even close, like what we saw were publishers that just got too far, you know, out from what they were able to sustain midway, you know, fucking like a variety of companies like that over the years. But this kind of mass contraction, this kind of like, you know, massive shedding of talent just has not happened in any of the decades that I have been working in video games, not and, like this.
0: And we've been through a couple of pretty rough financial runs there yeah. in the U S uh, and throughout the world. So like, and video yeah. games have kind of entertainment has kind of weathered a lot of those.
2: Actually, if you remember, like lots, what a lot of the headlines in like 09, 2010 around then were like how remarkably resilient the games industry yeah. was to the downturn then. Um,
0: so yeah, I like, Do I I think the games industry will be around for sure. Is it going to be changed? I also think for sure. And I think there's going to be a, I don't know where it winds up. I know a lot of people are going to be hurting. Like that's, that seems to be the case.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like Riot is the big name this week because it's literally every week now. Riot has just laid off 11% of their workforce, which is 530 people. Um.
1: I think we are now at 3,900 total layoffs in the industry so far this year.
2: So unfortunately, all of this led me to a site, which is video Which layoffs.com.
1: Mm.
2: <laughs> like it's really a sign of the times that that even needs to exist. But like this makes it pretty clear. It's actually, it's not just these big larger company like headline getting uh, rounds of layoffs. Like it's all over the place, you know, even, even in like smaller double digit numbers, you know, like mm. smaller studios are having to let people go as well. Um Yeah, they they've got it at almost 3800 here in the third week of January.
0: That's ridiculous. And the total
2: number the total number in last year was like 105, so uh not not tracking in a good direction. No, for the year.
0: 2024.
2: Yeah. Godspeed to everyone out there.
0: Yeah. Um how about twenty twenty three uh, and any of this? Do we do we want to go over what sold yeah, in twenty twenty three?
2: I guess I feel like Matt Piscatello was- is becoming a weekly reference on this podcast. Uh, I mean, he does work for Circana. Obviously, they do a ton of tracking of sales and so forth. He tweeted the top twenty best selling games last year.
0: Any surprises on there for you?
2: Um I'll say I don't have in front of me I do. Uh, no, no, I have that one in front of me. All what right. I was gonna say is, I don't, I don't have it in front of me. But he also tweeted what he actually said was like, "Hey, I think this is a way more interesting list." Which was the, I don't think it was like overall revenue. I don't think it was by revenue. I think it was like some some you know, like engagement metric that they have hashed out of a bunch of different numbers. Hmm. But that was the like, "Hey, it didn't have to come out this year." Hey, it's an online or live service game. Like, hey, here's everything. And in that list, you know, of course, it was much more like Fortnite and Call of Duty heavy. You know, like. Even the games on on this sales list. Uh, my point is, even these games in, in the top twenty sales were behind the jugger- the actual juggernauts. You know, okay. like, like mm. Grand Theft Auto Online and Fortnite and stuff like that. Those sure. are still those are still making the majority of the money. Um, should I just read the whole list? Sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. No, nothing right. on here was too shocking to me. Yeah. On this list,
2: like some like there's a couple things I was surprised to see here, and some of the placement a little bit, but um. 1 through 20, uh, Hogwarts Legacy, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 3, Madden, NFL 24. Something heartwarming about knowing Madden is still doing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Marvel, Spider-Man 2, Tears of the Kingdom, Diablo 4, Modern Warfare 2, which was the previous year's game, Call of Duty. Mortal Kombat 1 at number 8, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, EA Sports FC 24, Starfield, uh, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Resident Evil 4 Remake. MLB, the show, Dead Island 2, huh. mm. Final Fantasy 16, Street Fighter 6, Elden Ring, Mario Kart 8, and Minecraft. Man. Sure. So.
0: The old? Nintendo stuff, they say, does not include the digital sales, so those could be higher. Uh, yeah, uh, that. They yeah, almost assuredly are.
2: Yeah, because initial my first reaction was like, man, Spider-Man sold more than Tears of the Kingdom in like half the time, really? But. Mm. I'm sure I'm sure a ton of the Zelda sales were yeah. were digital.
1: Mine was. I mean, um, it, it's just heartening to see Spider Man too this high up anyway. I mean, not that Marvel as a brand needs <laughs> any kind of real juicing, but the last few like Marvel games I feel like that were not Spider-Man have not necessarily been big sellers. Like Midnight Suns did not do very well. There's the Avengers fiasco, all that stuff. But Spider Man 2 People are into that.
2: Yeah. Not, not too surprised. I mean, Sony was out there days after it came out saying like, like, Hey, it's literally the fastest selling game in like PlayStation history. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Actually, I looked at the bottom. This says it is, it is digital and physical for Nintendo. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So that ranking should be the
0: asterisk here. says digital sales are not included.
2: Uh, Includes physical and and full game digital from the Nintendo eShop, PlayStation, Steam and Xbox platform. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I, I misread. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry.
0: I think that's for stuff not asterisks. Yeah.
2: I see. I, I missed okay. that. Yes.
0: But yeah, I think, you know, this is an interesting thing as we talked about 20, the, the kind of painful stuff we're looking at and where the industry is in 2025 and 2024. Look, if you look where the revenue is coming in, this is what these publishers want to dump their money into these gargantuan games that are known franchises. This is why we see so many sequels. Mm-hmm. This is why we see licensed stuff. This is why we have you know, a lot of money going into things like, uh, you know, Hogwarts, Call of Duty, Marvel, you know, I'm surprised Mortal Kombat is this high on the list. I know Mortal Kombat's a very popular franchise, but I didn't know it actually sold broadly like that, you know?
2: Yeah, well, like was, I, I knew it was still, I knew it, I, what I did know was that it was the biggest fighting game by a sales fair amount. Sales-wise, yes. Mm-hmm. Sales-wise, but I, I still wouldn't have guessed it would have been quite this high.
1: I mean, the crazier thing is that like Street Fighter, by all accounts, has not always been a great seller. It's a thing I always forget mm. until one of these comes around. and It's like, oh right, Street Fighter does well, and it's still one of Capcom's biggest things by by a wide margin. But like, it does it, those games have never sold. I think at the rate that like MK does here. And in terms of like like Hogwarts is not it's a it's a licensed
0: thing, but it is a it is an original game. Starfield is an original game elden ring let's call an original game and not a sequel yeah, to sure. <laughs> to you know dark souls and that's it pretty much I- everything else is a sequel
1: or even a yearly installment
0: yeah yeah like a franchise thing like yeah there's not like look games publishers are going to be risk averse and probably more risk averse going into this climate um And you look at a list like this and, like, I don't know. I'm not trying to be a huge bummer, but, like, they're not going to give up on Call of Duty. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Like, uh, Microsoft's Call of Duty will be coming out uh, again. And, you know, they're not going to... Like, we're going to see more Spider-Man, which is fine. Like, that's more... Well, I guess we're going to see... I guess we're going to see Wolverine Wolverine. before we see more Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know what I mean, though? Like, we're going to see more of these not also ran, that's a really pejorative way, but, you know, it's stuff
1: we've seen before. Yeah, poles, You know, yeah. like, they're the big ten pole franchise releases. Yeah. Put Alan Wake on this list. <laughs> give me give me more Alan Wake. That's a more, that's a bit
0: world with greater justice than we have. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I never thought Chance of Sonora was gonna make it. Actually, I'm surprised Baldur's Gate didn't break into this list because of the numbers it moved. It did sell very well. Yeah, like, And Minecraft being on this list just feels like still (laughs) like just mine, just Minecraft, Mm -hmm. just Minecraft.
2: Still a lot of, still a lot of kids who were too young to have Minecraft before and need it now.
0: Yeah, that's true. I guess that's true. Yeah. Anyway, interesting list, uh, but also not interesting, you know, like, you, you we could have probably put this list together. I wouldn't have had Dead Island two on this list. Yeah, that that's no.
2: probably the biggest one to me that I'm shocked to see on here, but I guess zombies are still big. <laughs> yeah. Um anyway. We're in it.
1: Mario Kart eight still making
2: top twenty lists. <laughs> physical only. Physical yeah. only. That's literally just physical sales of Mario Kart eight carts. A- A seven a seven year old game is still in the top twenty.
1: They may have sold more copies of Mario Kart eight than they have sold Switches at this point. (laughs) I think
0: I might own it twice. Yeah, I I think I have a cart and the digital version. Uh, I think I gave the cart away to somebody. All right. Uh, Again, look, I I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, my heart goes out to everybody who's going to be affected by this. It's going to be a rough. It's going to be a rough stretch. I was hoping twenty twenty four was going to kind of be on an upswing but a lot of the not even just this article it's just some of the anecdotal stuff sounds like no we're in the we're in the second phase of this yeah uh, this whole thing so uh shout out to everyone affected there but that is going to do it for the news of this week i'm sure not the news of 2024 and the the weird lurch the industry is in right now um because it it, it is happening uh that was a developer direct (laughs) Pow World, I guess games are still making a lot of money. Um, would you say, Brad? Seven million sales. Yes, I mean, seven million people are out there
1: in less than a week.
2: Not Pokemon enough. Five days. Let's see, was it twenty six or twenty seven dollars? It's twenty seven, and not including the Game Pass
0: uh, downloads.
2: That's just Steam. God. Yes, so. Yes, that's way, way, way over a hundred million dollars, even after Valve's cut.
0: They um they released the roadmap. I didn't I didn't go look at it because I'll say again, I was not really that interested in Pal World aside from this kind of thing. But the um they released the roadmap. I assume that changes some of their like you said, Brad, their expectations for the game now.
2: You know, I think they've got some runway.
0: Yeah. Um, I did see that the PC version, the Steam version, supports uh more server options and bigger servers, dedicated servers. While well, it's four-player co-op only. I didn't even know this was a co-op game until I wound up looking into it. I think it's 32 on the PC and four on the Xbox.
2: I think that's, that's what I saw.
0: Um. Anyway, if anyways, interested in that. That's going to do it for the podcast news. Any emails out there, Brad? Um, do a couple quick ones here. Sure. Give me with a quick one.
1: Uh... Ask me anything
0: about water heaters. I'm all jazzed up about they it. They
1: haven't had time to send any emails about that yet, Vinny. <laughs>
0: You guys, just ask me anything.
2: Uh, here's an email from Joshua. Uh, just a quick little tidbit regarding Tomb Mold, the metal tomb band mold. discussed briefly on the last podcast. Mm-hmm. You joked the Tomb Mold is a good name for a JRPG item. You're not far off. They're named after a key item in Bloodborne.
0: Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, that's. Just,
2: yeah. Just that you guys names, find that fun.
0: Band names after modern video games makes me feel very old.
2: Uh, P.S. I know their guitarist, and at one point he was also in a band called Outer Heaven.
0: Okay, okay, that's see that
1: makes me feel about the. You right know what age. we're doing here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very good. They're a very good band.
2: Wait, okay. Outer Heaven?
1: No, I don't know about yeah, Outer Heaven. But Two Mold, two mold is okay. very good.
2: Okay, Outer Heaven is just a great name for anything.
1: <laughs> it's not You're not wrong.
2: Um. Shall we do another one?
0: Yeah, I'll do yeah, another let's one. Do one more. Do one. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to wipe the, the 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 taste of a rotten 2024 okay. out of my mouth.
2: Well, then I won't read this email about the Alex Jones game on Steam. <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs>
0: That's okay with me. That's okay. I've seen it pop up. I've I've even watched a trailer for it. I didn't know what it was, but um, yeah, I, I'm aware. I'm aware.
2: Uh, all right, here's an email signed Alpha Rookie. Okay. This is a good one to go out on. Since you're in the thick of Twin Peaks season two, I felt like letting you know about the Twin Peaks bed and breakfast experience in Idlewild, California. Ooh. Okay. Uh, There's a a bud and breakfast. Yes, bud. Like smoking weed. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, In the mountains that has themed rooms, one of which is the Great Northern.
0: Okay.
2: Uh, You can sleep in Laura's room.
0: Wow. Uh,
2: Watch Twin Peaks in the viewing room, which is... uh, made after the red room. Okay. You know, the one where the dream Uh, happens. Yeah. Uh, listen to all the soundtracks on vinyl. Although someone stole season three. (laughs) It's a bummer. Um, you you have a, have a great, great Northern keychain on your room key. Sure. Merchandise is also for sale. Um, I'm guessing this is a reference we haven't gotten to yet unless I've forgotten something. There's also an arcade called the devil's dungeon.
0: I, I don't know what that is.
2: Uh, but it was just four old pinball machines, darts, and they wee hooked up to a big screen.
0: <laughs> Love it. It's what Cooper would have wanted.
2: Uh, we stayed twice. Uh, it was trippy but fun to revel in all the little touches, wood logs with painted characters like Cooper staring at a llama, <laughs> owl statues, bang bang bar, neon lights. Okay. Uh, just Google image search the Hicks- Hicksville Pines of the Great Northern to get an idea you'll enjoy it.
0: I'm sure it's all officially but- sanctioned.
2: They even gave a little weed sample in a container with the log lady on it and a quote I don't remember.
0: <laughs> <laughs> weed sample. Uh that's fine. What a world. What a, what a fabulous world. This is multifaceted. Why
2: also <laughs> gotten multiple at least a couple of emails about Twin peaks the return. Mm-hmm. Which I kind of skimmed before I was like, "You know what? I the less I know about this the better." Okay. For now.
0: Are people, yeah, don't spoil, don't send in emails with spoilers.
2: No, it was, it was nothing no, they're not. super specific, but it was still specific. And I mean, it was not plot details, but it was still enough. Okay. Like I said, I know so little about what the hell that thing's going to be.
1: Same here. I, w- I want to go in fresh. Yeah, I'm trying to keep you guys as in the dark about that stuff as possible.
0: I want to be an innocent little baby going into that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um Speaking of the
0: WatchCast, uh, we are in it, and if you've been keeping up, we've got three episodes going up on Monday, or one episode of the WatchCast covering three episodes of Twin Peaks Season 2. Heads up, they're garbage episodes, yeah. Uh, but I have a fun time talking about them with you guys and and watching them, and we are closing in on the end of Season 2 yes Uh, if you haven't caught up it's in sight yes i can see it at the end of the list of episodes now um uh we're getting there you can hear us uh kind of ragging on these episodes on Uh monday uh not a lot of kind words for them i'm hoping to see where things turn around that's over on the Watchcast end of things we got never been a better podcast up Currently, I think we went up last week if you want to hear uh, about all the things you shouldn't eat, uh, even for a large amount of money. Brad, is there anything you wouldn't eat for unlimited money for the rest of your life?
2: Un- Wait, what does unlimited money mean?
0: It means like you never, you basically blank your credit card with un- you don't even pay in it. Just money forever.
2: Uh, that won't kill
0: you that won't kill you
2: can i pay my mortgage like is it have the literal credit card
0: you don't even have a mortgage anymore man experiment
2: is very important to define the parameters
0: just imagine basically you have a you have an unlimited credit card to like jeff bezos's account right just unlimited money more money than you could ever spend in a lifetime
2: and it won't kill you
0: and the eating the thing won't kill you but
2: But but it doesn't have to be considered food. No, 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 no.
0: Oh, man. Definitely not. I don't want to bring, I don't want to bring, I don't want okay. to bring. Here's how Be- we explain no.
2: this to him yeah. without actually saying what it is. Dan came up with this. Oh, oh, there's a specific answer here or there's a specific proposal. There was a specific proposal. And I don't want to
0: bring the never been a better podcast. It was okay, anything here. <laughs> but a modest
1: proposal. Let me tell you. Huh?
2: Um, interesting.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, again, Dan,
0: tempting Dan. to
2: say no, but now I want to know what it is.
0: Um, you know, well, it's Dan. It's Dan, I'll tell you offline. All For right. those who don't want to, who want to know, look, you can find out pretty easily. You can guess, or you can listen to "Never Been a Better" podcast, which is, and you should. My my
2: answer day. is there is nothing I wouldn't eat unless Dan came up with it.
0: <laughs> that's fair. Okay, that's fair. Uh, what if it's Dan? <laughs>
2: mm. No, Dan? I
0: would eat Dan. <laughs> okay, good. Unlimited like how much? Money. Uh, unlimited. Uh, how much of Dan? <laughs> yes. <laughs> got to clean. we got to clean the plate. Unlimited Dan. <laughs> yeah. The whole plate. Everything. Um, go check that out along Stem with Stem to Stern <laughs> Watchcast. <laughs> Gross. Watch cast, <laughs> uh, ramble cast, all the fun casts that are up there. Uh, we're gonna have a patron's choice coming up. Uh I should check the poll, but last time I looked, seemed like Alex, you were gonna be drumming on this friday oh am i that's what it seemed like uh we can check it right now i'm pulling it up yes. as we yeah, speak I've,
2: I've got it here rock band still profoundly in the lead
0: okay All right. good choices good voting happening there uh so you can tune in for that on friday you can go vote i think that poll closes thursday right brad is that right yes thursday? Yeah, okay Uh, So go check that out. Patreon.com slash NextLander where you can find all of those things. You can also support us over there. Can't do it without you there. So find a tier that is right for you starting at five bucks going up. Hey, maybe I'll put a video up there on one of the tiers. We do have that bonus content here in the $10 range of me showing you what an anode rod is for your water heater. No promises, but. Show me your rod, Vinny. No. Show me your rod. That's going to be a higher tier. That's show a, me your rod it's a higher tier there is one tier there the Mysterious Benefactors tier that gets their names read on this here show and I'm going to read those names for you right now starting with Sean Miller Ryan Nvidia Hob Waterman R.R.E. Inflictus Rips Kelly F. Brian Lussier Skywarp John Hubbard Evan Cook Mark Wilhelm, Jerry Lee, Deidre Does Dawn Trail, Gary Pejke, Robert Fisher, Bunny Fiend, The, Peter Reardon, Jad Rita, Stetix, Fantasticasm89, Andrew Jackson, Mega Crane, Raz Grizz II, Brian Murphy, Randy Duax, Andrew Tiebkin, Alex Wu, It's Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Chick, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. Thank you all very much for supporting us and not having to eat anything that Dan comes up with just to pay health insurance. We do live. I'd
1: I'd rather just die. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just die. That's fine. (laughs) i don't i I don't need to live if that's what i have to do to live
0: like the stated where this whole post-capitalism things getting real weird okay yeah like, i know but i
1: i'm really hoping we don't cross that fucking rubicon it's is all i'm saying
0: uh thanks everybody for supporting us again uh like i said we're gonna have the patron's choice on friday Uh, this Thursday at uh, noon Eastern, um, Alex and I are going to be taking a look at Brad. Are you coming in for that one on noon? Uh, That's an early one one for
2: you. Yeah. Not that one.
0: Um, we're going to be checking out. I've got to do that career day thing. So we're going to be streaming early on Thursday. Um, we're gonna look at infinite wealth and alex is gonna explain the entire backstory of the like a dragon series and Yakuza i will games. do my
2: best oh so it'll be like a six hour stream
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah no i do have to leave i do have to go tell the young kids about why they should get into the video game industry in 2024
2: yeah uh, I, I, I i will say i might run a stream by myself in the afternoon though. Ooh. later later in pacific time
0: Yeah, we should mention that we're we're kind of experimenting with different stream formats, trying to see more solo stuff, longer streams, shorter streams, different streams. So if the calendar uh, is a little up in the air, we're we're looking at some things and changing some things around. So uh, check them out. Check them out.
2: Keep an eye format lineup. We're kind of taking a look at everything.
0: Yeah, bookmark that page, uh, if you will. Uh, Thanks again to everybody for joining us. Thank you, Alex Navarro. Thank you. Thank you, Brad Shoemaker. Mm -hmm. And we'll be back next week.